Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Elite sore throats with Betadine sore throat lozenges 36-pack. Now only $8.99 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Morning to you. How are you? Second of November now. Oh, bit of croak in the voice. I can even hear that myself. <laughs> Just after six a.m. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Our dag man will be back on Thursday. He, Off the donut. I, Off the donut. <laughs> could guarantee you he'll be more croaky than us, Kempi. Oh yeah, yeah. He probably need a week to week to recover after that. Oh, no, you know what Izzy gets like? He'll be missing his kids so much, he'll just want to get home. He's actually, the irony is for the guy that travels more than anyone I know, he's quite a homebody. He just wants to be home. So. Yeah, yeah, no, he's, uh, well, they will be looking forward to coming home, but, mate, there's no better place this time of year than Melbourne um, to visit. So he would have had a ball. Him and Daisy over there, plenty of socials going, going around and, and seeing what they're doing, and it looked like they had a really good day at the Cup yesterday. So. Hopefully uh, he comes back with pocketfuls. Whoa, and just breaking news on the television right in front of me for basketball fans, the Nets have fired Steve Nash. So there you go. The Brooklyn Nets have hit the panic button seven games into the season, and they said that they wouldn't fire him before the season, and they stood by him when (laughs) Kevin Durant wanted him fired. And seven games later, professional sport can be Isn't that the nice job safe He's the right man for the job. When there's nowhere in the world he's leaving us. Woj bomb. He's on the phone with ESPN right now. The Nets fire Steve Nash as head coach. Wowee. Okay, that is a really interesting one. Um, there's plenty going on. We, what do we need to update you about? Well, it's just after 16. Welcome into the show. Thanks for joining us. The Temper Bed Post text machine is right there. Mark has come through nice and early. We'll get to you message in a second, Mark. 0800 150 is the Kennard's high phone. I'd love to hear from you throughout the day today. But yesterday was Melbourne Cup Day. Uh, gold trip, congratulations to Australian Budstock, Kieran Ma, David Ustis, all of the connections, Mark Zara. We're going to chat the Melbourne Cup with Shane Anderson, uh, Global Gallop. You might know him on Twitter. He is sharp. He is right across the international world of horse racing. Australian used to work down here, but he's up in Europe now. 
He soaked in the race. He knows a bit about Gold Trip and where he's come from. We're going to talk to him. We're going to ask all the tough questions about what does this mean for the Melbourne Cup? Was it the right winner? How did he win it? And what are we looking forward to now? What is next for Gold Trip and what is next for the Melbourne Cup? Shane Anderson will come up just after 7 o'clock. Chris Steele, one of our top Kiwi sailors. He is very sharp on the water. Very nautical is our boy Chris. And he's also a keen golfer and a great bloke. And he is campaigning for Movember with one of his good mates. And they're playing a staggering amount of golf holes. Like I want to say something like 600 in a week for Movember. So he's going to start his fundraising efforts and we're going to talk to him because we're also fundraising Kempi Team SENZ on Movember's website. If you want to go and donate to us and our calls, we'll talk a bit more about that. And after eight, Rick, Ricky Henry, Kiwi yeah. Ferns coach. Well, that's right. There's a Rugby League World Cup going on too and amongst everything else that's happening. Um, and the the Ferns are playing too, the Women's World Cup up there as well as Disability World Cup. So lots of league happening up there. They kick off against France this week and... Uh, yeah, things are looking good. They had a little bit of a mishap with a bit of a fire up there, losing a bit of training gear and stuff like that. But, you know, pretty resilient, the girls. And they've got a, a really good story um, in and around, you know, some of the some of the family stuff that they've taken care of um, alongside the ladies. So, you know, mate, looking forward to talking to them. Yeah, and you're right. It's been a very bizarre situation with a fire. Last thing you ever want or you'd ever expect. So we'll talk to Ricky and see how the team is going. And then just before the end of the show, look, we want to play um, last night's cricket highlights for you because many of us wouldn't have heard it. I, I know for one, I was knocked out by that time. I've got up and I've watched um, as much, or I've watched the extended highlights this morning, so I feel like I'm across it, but I didn't make it to the end of the game or even the start of the Black Caps game last night on SENZ. Daniel McCarty and Grant Elliott took the commentary, though, and unfortunately for the Black Caps, it was a performance filled with fielding errors and untimely wickets, which meant that for England, they stay alive. It's not good for Australia. It's not doomsday for us. We just need to beat Ireland and we're home. We beat Ireland, we are home into the semifinals, and then it all starts again. So, look, we're still very likely to be in the semifinals. You can't say we are done, but we um, do need to get up over Ireland. For England, it was must win for them, and they did so. So congratulations to them. Australia now are under pressure. And we'll take in some of those highlights. But for you on double eight double three and 0800 did you watch the cricket? Did you listen to the cricket? Where are we at? I know there'll be Kane Williamson question marks because you love to question Kane Williamson at the moment. I understand there's a bit of frustration. He was 40 from 40. Did he take too much ball? Did he take? Did he t- soak in the pressure the wrong way? He dropped a catch. He it was a couple of misfields. He just looked a little bit off kilter. Meanwhile, Glenn Phillips, well, he is playing like Gold Trip was running in the Melbourne Cup yesterday. He is so relaxed and so hard up on the bridle. Everything he does is working, but he needs support in that batting lineup. So where are you at with the Black Caps? Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. If you watch that game, come on, be our reporter. Give us the gravy on what you saw. But they'll bounce back, and they just have one game to win. And that's against Ireland, and they are in to the semi final. Um, yeah, Kempi, yesterday for you it was about horse ownership. Just ask me. How did we? How do we settle up? Yeah, no, he's uh, well. You know, I walked out of the studio a couple of times yesterday morning, just checking on the weather, and it was um, yeah, it was sort of overcast and a, 
a little bit, little bit uh, chilly, and then by about midday, it was steaming, mate, absolutely steaming. And that that track out there, I think by race two, they were, they were running good times. I spoke to Alan, and you know, we just needed a little bit more rain on the track for um, for just ask me. And and I rightly so, a couple of people asked me what they what I thought, and I said the same thing. I said, look. You know, at your own peril, he won't. He won't give in. He'll he'll try, but um, we do need some rain, and and unfortunately, that's the way it played out. So, man, I'm, I'm really proud of the proud of the horse, and you know, and the trainer, of course, for the season that they've had. Uh, he'll go out in the paddock now, and we'll uh, readdress it next year. He's only seven, so you know, he can go around again. Um, the only problem with him is then in the winter, there's not a hell of a lot for him. Rated, you know, 100, 110 or whatever he can get himself up to there and carrying 62 kilos around all the time makes it really hard on on uh, on the old jam. So, um, yeah, not ideal for us yesterday, but, you know, we, we rolled the dice. Um, the rain came a day later, then I think we probably would have won that race. So um, that's just, that's that's horse racing, mate. I laughed because, you know, we get uh, Pungo running a fifth and Jam running a fifth. Just after it, and yeah. Other than that, uh, good day of racing, mate. Watching, I, I actually didn't do a hell of a lot yesterday. I got a did a bit of exercise after after work, and then thought, you know, do I really want to? Because because Melbourne Cup Day is normally huge. You know, this time last year I was actually in the tent with Baz um, at Ellerslie. Me and uh, me and Bruce and Bruce was out. I don't know if you saw it on TV, but Bruce was out Pukekohe uh, with the minister yesterday. I'm, Spoke about maybe going out there and seeing him, but he was tied up with work doing this stuff where they're, they're trying to um, stop all the overseas punting going on. And I don't know if you heard if you heard the minister talk on TV, mate. A support of a hundred percent, absolute hundred percent. So, of course they, are. they said there's some big news coming. Um, obviously, they they crossed a few T's and and dotted a few I's yesterday in their in their conversations. But looks like some new good news for the TAB coming through. And and on the back of you know these um, these spring carnivals. It's really it's good timing to to bring all that sort of stuff out. So lot lots going on in that that part of the world, um, and I think it's really you know a real interesting space at the moment. How how they how they then kick on with it the TAB is going to be really interesting because I think what a lot of people like when they're doing this overseas gambling is the the type of exotics and stuff that they can get from overseas and the and the futures and bits and pieces. So I think the TAB is doing a fantastic job at the moment. I, I think a lot of people can't complain with the, the programs that they're running. Yeah, well, look, you know my opinion on it. We've spoken about it. I think it's a no-brainer. So um, I'm not – well, I knew for a fact that uh, Kieran McAnulty was also <laughs> going to be involved uh, and going to be supportive of it because it makes perfect sense. Um, looks like we got Joe on the line, and it looks like Joe made two twenty-two and a half thousand dollars yesterday with a massive, massive part of the first four. Joe, am I reading that right, mate? Yeah, mate. Yeah, mate. We're a bit dusty this morning. We're a bit dusty this morning. We um, we uh, we got a box uh, first four and got twenty-two percent of the hundred and two thousand dollars first four. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was outstanding, mate. You know, Mumsy put in a missionary, and we were like, "What?" I saved our bacon. <laughs> Thing ran second, paying seven dollars sixty. Uh, my daughter put in gold trip, and uh, I thought, "Ah, oh, no favourites won it since two thousand and three. We can't have it. We can't have it." We stuck it in, and it stumbled to fourth and got us home. So we were absolutely over the moon with that. And then, unfortunately, 
Unfortunately, Kempi, I backed your boy a few times, man. It got a bit dry, so we we load mm. up a bit on defibrillate, and he got up by a whisker. So I'm sorry, my friend. Yeah, no, that's but, all, that's all good, Jay. That was a good run too by defibrillate. Oh, didn't he? Didn't didn't girls get into him and get into him and get into him, and he picked up and he picked up. So he's going to be good for this for this summer, I think, that boy. Yeah, and I, then, I, uh, I reckon it's because Grosie knows what Baz slings, mate. He he knows that Baz looks after them, um, and he was. You're right, he was dead set huge. He he lifted and kept lifting on the line, and he got there. I'll tell you what, defibrillate, Richie came on the show yesterday and said that him and Paddy Payne decided to bring him back here because we kind of hit his natural point in Australia. I think defibrillate wins the Zabiel Classic. He could even be a Herbie Dyke horse as well. Um, I think he's going to win those staying middle distance group ones over summer because at wait for age, he goes good on good tracks. He's very Now he can go that proved he can go... Right-handed as well. He's just going to get better and better. He's definitely one to follow, Joe. He's definitely one to follow, mate. Definitely, and I think uh, you can put just ask me in the paddock with uh, a lot of pride this this season, can be because uh, you mm-hmm. know you, it's hard for a man to stand on his box every week, you know, for people to follow, and uh, your horse to keep delivering. But uh, I think you had a great a great run, and uh, let's hope it absolutely hoses down. <laughs> Sometime around April when you bring him back, mate, and we'll be we'll be back on him. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, Jay, thanks for that. We, all right, boys, but oh, just thought I'd let you know. So, <laughs> Mumsy's taking all the money and put a put it on a trip to good. Bali. So there you go. Oh, good work. Good mate. Good don't work. don't let her don't let her around. You you get your hands on it this weekend because there's too much good racing. You'll try to sink your teeth back into. It. Well done, Joe. Hey, that's um. Why don't we just kick it off with that then? Can't wait. Question of the day. <laughs> Come on, what's your hard luck story from the Melbourne Cup? Or what's your, what's your success story? What's your punting story from yesterday? Joey reckons he snagged himself 22.5k. Has anyone had a fill-up? Has anyone missed the first four by one? Come on, come through. I was a wee way away. Although my power play was just one leg short, so I was pretty happy with that five-leg power play that you got to DIY. I was just one leg short. Um, that would have been a good fill-up. Mark says, Morning, boys. Emissary certainty beat in the Melbourne Cup yesterday. Knocked over twice before getting clear. Went huge. The TAB account is looking good, mate. Mark, I thought Mike Moroni was going to get himself another Melbourne Cup. When Emissary loomed up out there, I thought, oh. And Gold Trip, Mark Zara spoke about Gold Trip not wanting to get it to the front because it wobbles around a wee bit and it doesn't really know how to win. And when it got when it got there, I saw his ears start going, and I was like, uh-oh, what's that jumping out of the ground? It was emissary, but um, being a good jockey, Zara got the whip in the left hand, gave it a tickle, and it just straightened him up and found the line. But I completely agree, Mark. He was massive. So, did you have a fill-up? Double eight, double three, or 0800 150 811. Gig says our bowlers and fielding were very disappointing. That's the black caps. Yeah. The fielding in particular, Gig. Um, we spoke about that, didn't we? Before the tournament. Yeah. You know, that's a, Warning you know, signs were there, mm, It's an indicator of how they're travelling. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully they can get up against the Irish. Um, could have put the English to bed last night. Disappointing. They did actually have a chance. Like Glenn Phillips was starting when Kane Williamson's wicket was so untimely, and then they just kept losing wickets just every time Glenn Phillips looked like he was going to maybe have the mustard to pick us up on his back. So it's disappointing, but it's not over. And Craig says, "Hey, since the Aussie game, Smithy hasn't been on the telly. Any reason? Well, he's probably been at Flemington. 
<laughs> he went, he'd be like, yeah. Right, a pub. I wonder, I wonder how much he won. Hey, mate, talking about hard luck stories. So yesterday we're sitting down, me and Jay were just, you know, I said, oh, we'll just do some, she doesn't gamble. Mm. You know what I mean? I said, oh, we'll just do some box trifectas, eh? This is a true story. First three races. So I said, right, you pick two and I'll pick one. She picks first and third. And I went, I sort of go, like, no form, just goes, oh, I like that, I like that. Yeah. First and third. Paid, first one paid $8, third paid 4 bucks or something for a place. Second one, she picks one. It wins. <laughs> I go. Have you, have you, it's, are a you gra- it's a great, it's in the grey race at Flemington. How good is the grey race? It paid, it paid 10 bucks. Love that. Yeah. And I'm going, I should have backed that. Like, it's a girls' race with the grey horses. And I went, nah, she couldn't, she couldn't do it again. Like, she's, you know, just having a bit of luck. So she's on two again. I'm on one. Picks it again. First and third. <laughs> and your, your seconds run six. <laughs> and my, my bets, so I'm going, oh, this thing should go. Oh, it's just out the back door. And that was it. I said, no, that's it. No oh, more. So classic. <laughs> so classic. Typical, man. Like, Every single time. And I've added them up. Like the five. She And she said to me, that's five in a row. Like that. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. I've gone, okay. okay. And I'm adding it up and I'm going, just in each way on either either one of those would have been a Mate, great day. Serves you right for not being at the pub. <laughs> <laughs> you should have been at the pub with the oh, lads. Oh, that was my day. <laughs> <laughs> That's so difficult. God, it's frustrating, isn't it? Oh, it is. Uh, 20 minutes. We're so competitive. 20 minutes past six o'clock. Come through. Did you have a collect on the Melbourne Cup? How do you enjoy your day? And if you want to talk black caps, I'd love to get your appraisal of how they went last night. Where did it go wrong? Am I right in thinking we were right there knocking on the door, but just a couple of very untimely wickets, which can be the nature of T20 unraveled our chase, or did we lose it with the sloppiness in the field? What do you think? Come through on double eight double three or 0800 150 811 the Kennards. Hi, phone line, Kempi, we better get down there. Here we go, 10 push-ups, get ready Joseph, do let's some, go brother. Push-ups for Movember. Here with Kim as we ask great savings every day. 25 minutes past 6 o'clock. Look, you want to talk the cricket, and I understand because well, we kind of took a little step back yesterday, I think. Or was it just a slight falter? What do you think? Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Come through and talk cricket. I mean, I'm not panicking because I think we were actually in it. It was only a small few moments, untimely wickets. But the disturbing thing was the fielding, and it was before, as Kempi points out, before the World Cup. It was starting to get like this in that tri series we played. And Jamie said, "I think it was strange how Kane Williamson tried to claim that catch." Jamie, I'm glad you said something because, again, I only saw the highlights this morning, so they kind of cut out the interlude, the middle part. And is that what he has done? Has he tried to play it off? Because it's A, he would be very uncanny Williamson-like because he clearly knew he didn't catch it. He fumbled it when he hit the ground and it ended up rolling on the bottom of his hand then popping back up into his hand. But you know, I mean, anyone that's played cricket knows when you take a catch. So is that what happened? Very strange. Um, I'm sure there's nothing sinister. I'm, I'm sure there's nothing uh, sinister or intentional about it. But you're right. It was strange. And I, I did notice that this morning. So I appreciate you coming through with that. I don't mind losing, Kempe, as it'll knock Aussie out of we won't have to meet Aussie in the final. <laughs> and the Black Caps are probably thinking the same thing, lol. No, look, I think they go out every time to win, for sure. Um, but you're right, you know, when, you're, when your back's against the wall, and just watching some of the, the batting up here from the English on, on the telly at the moment, 
you just, you know, sometimes you, you see it like watermelons, don't you? You know, their batting, their batting wasn't too bad. Well, they um, were due as well, the English. Well, they're not, you know, it's, they're not a bad side. No, they And the Aussies are the same. They're not a bad side. They tip to win it. And you're right. If they, if they can knock the Aussies out and the, and the Black Caps can get through against Ireland. Um, happy days. That's right. Happy days. Kyle, he's given us a call on the Kenata phone line to talk a wee bit about Kane Williams. And Kyle, did you catch the game last night? What did you make of it? Yeah, yeah, mate, it was good. Uh, late night now, an early start in the morning, a little bit uh, wide-eyed, but uh, good to go, mate. Um, quick one, I think. Do you think Kane Williams and Mr. Trick are not playing the third spinner? Yeah, so Sodi Santner and what, you would have played Bracewell? Yeah, yeah, instead of probably um, Lockie Ferguson. Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. Now, again, I didn't see the whole game. So, what you just think those big boundaries at the Gabba and and like the, a lot of at the moment there is a real trend. Like leg spinners in Australia take so many wickets, and just anybody that can slow it up and stick it in the surface. Lockie Ferguson can be a little bit expensive from time to time, can't he? If they can get a hold of yeah, him, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did take those last couple of wickets uh, later on in the in the English innings. Um, but I think you've watched how England bowled and their spinners just really protected that short boundary and really yeah. made the Kiwi batters play at their that long leg side boundary. So I think Kane Williamson possibly missed the trick. Um, not playing the third spinner, but I suppose we weren't to know until what actually happened during the English innings and during ours, did we really? Now it's a good point, Kyle. Hey, just one last one. Did you see that catch? And did he? Could, can you fill us in there? Because I saw the highlights this morning and he... he did look like he thought he caught it, but he must have known he didn't. Yeah, that was something I was going to say as well. I actually thought he had it. But when you look at it, the way he caught it over his shoulder, he probably didn't... I don't know if he actually realised that he did drop it. I, the way you look at it and the way you watch that replay, it really didn't look like he knew that he had dropped it. I, all In all honesty, I don't think he's that sort of player that would claim a catch knowing he didn't. Yeah, I completely agree, which is why it's bizarre. And maybe we just got to give him the benefit of the doubt, Kyle, and just assume he didn't know. Good call. Good call, Kyle. Enjoy it. Drive safe, mate. Thanks for uh, coming through with that. Good analysis there, Kimpy. Yeah, very, very good. Um, look, I don't know about the. There's always this chat about Kane Williamson and whether or not he's the right man for the job. Or just, you know, while they're in it, while they're in it, just. Let them let them get through the back end back end of the the tournament, you know, before you start making those types of uh, decisions. I know you said you know this might be the sort of the uh, what would you call it the demise the, what, nah. the demise of this this current black oh, cat crop. That feels that feels like a. I don't, I don't like how harsh that sounds. Maybe better. Oh, yeah, but you're kind of right. Like you're kind of more like the the tail end of a dynasty. Yeah. Yeah, like and the era and, is ending. Yeah, that's right. So, what uh, you know, what happens post this tournament it would be, is going to be a really good conversation. Well, and what happens post the fifty over World Cup next year? Yeah, that, that's the real. I'm pretty sure that'll be where Gary Stead jumps off the bus. Yeah, what Kane Williamson does with his captaincy there. We've seen Virat Kohli step away. It's normal for captains. Joe Root stepped away. It's these guys that he kept. Steve Smith's no longer the captain. The fabulous four. Smith, Williamson, Coley, Root, they were all the world's best batsmen. They were all captains of their team. Mm. There's only one captain, that's one of them that's still captaining in all three formats. It's Kane. Lots of people like Mark here says he's not the right captain for the T20 side and they need a voice. They need someone who's, um, they need a voice who can concentrate, keep them concentrated more. Lots of people are suggesting that. 
is it time that he just moves away and focuses on scoring runs? His 40 or 40, you can't say it was bad. You can't say we had an issue with it last night. It set them up. It was just maybe the nature of T20 where he got out in the fickle business of it Right at, the the, catch here. right at the wrong time. And this is the catch here, Kimby. So we're going to shoot off to the news with Aroha for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Keep our eye on this. We'll come back and report on it on the other side. SNZ, it is 27 away from 7. We're talking black caps, double eight, double three. No panic stations, right? That's where I'm at. Am I fair enough in saying that? Last night was just a classic T20. We didn't get up, but that's all right. The tournament rolls on. We've got Ireland to play, and I'm not too worried apart from the fielding. And that came Williamson catch. We've just seen it. Kempe, he must have known he didn't catch it. 100%. 100%. You watch the second replay, and he goes... Well, the thing with Kane Williamson, he should have caught it. Well, like, yeah. That's about the fielding you were talking about. Like the, the catch is there to be taken and just Bobble catches it and it um, rolls over the back of his wrist onto the ground to stand up and say, well, you know, I think I might have caught that. Well, He didn't claim it, but he also didn't just say no. And you almost would suspect that he knew, but he also then stuck his hand up and just like, apologised to Joss. So I'm going to write it off as an honest mistake and he just didn't know, but... You're right. The poor thing was the drop catch. Joss Butler was again dropped in the deep by Daryl Mitchell, who usually has bucket hands. So concerning fielding, but no panic stations for me. What about you? 0800 150 come through. At Bunnings Trade, helping business is our trade. Couple of sports headlines. Well, let's catch up with Mitch Santner reflecting on that Black Caps game last night. We also knew that England are a quality side and um, a tough, tough opponent, so... Um Obviously, it was, it was reasonably close in the end, but you know, credit to England, they, they played a pretty good game. I think you look at the way uh, England bowled, um, they bowled you know, extremely well through the middle there, and um, the spinners bowled, bowled very well, Kane. Um, I think if you look at the partnership, you know, Glenn was kind of going, going pretty good, and then Kane was kind of, you know, like you see, playing the anchor. And you know, we got ourselves into a good position, five or six out, um, and you know, I think it was a couple of quality overs from Sam Curran and Chris Rogues that kind of. Uh, took it away from us in the end, but you know it was, it was a good game. I think there's you know a lot to take out of this game, and, and I guess move on pretty quick. I think that's probably fair enough. Move on nice and quick. It made perfect sense. It was just a classic T20, and, and England are a really, really good side. Other breaking news, Steve Nash has been axed as head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. This has just happened since we got on here, just after 6am. Two and five start to the year, but Joe Sy, the owner of the team, and Sean Marks, the Kiwi who runs it, Sean Marks, they told... They were told that their jobs were safe, and, and especially Steve Nash's job was safe. So interesting to know whether he's left, whether he's been fired. We'll watch this progress throughout the morning on ESPN. And good news out of the Melbourne Cup, all of the horses returned safely. This is huge because the nut to the cup people were down at the viaduct. They were everywhere yesterday making a racket. But... The reality is these horses all came back safely. One horse was pulled up, interpretation, but it was more of a wind issue. There's nothing that, uh, no lameness, everything was sound about it. So that's huge because it's the shop window to the racing industry, Melbourne Cup Day, Kempe. Yeah, it is. It's, um, I, I read that too, Louis, that uh, all the horses came back uh, safe and sound. It's uh, exceptional news that um, given given some of the history. Um, but yeah, and 
you know, we're going to get that both sides of the both sides of the coin, aren't we? And um, I think the Melbourne Cup's here for a few more years. I read an article this morning, which was really interesting, about um, COVID post, like Melbourne Cup post COVID, and the way that the crowds have actually come back. You know, like how they've actually come back, and it's more about the social side of it than the cup. Oh, because they've been missing friendship. Like, well, missing that interaction. Yeah, yeah. And they, there's this article written out. Came out, I think, might have been the Guardian out of uh, Melbourne this morning, and that was talking about what it actually means for people when something like the Melbourne Cup is on, as opposed to going to watch a race. More, more so about going to be together in a in a as a as a big group. And as you as you know, did you did you see when they jumped yesterday? I don't know if you were able to hear it where you were sitting, but. The crowd the and that noise right at the beginning of that race. When they go past the f- the clock tower phenomenal. and post the first time. Absolutely phenomenal. But the, the, the thing with that roar is it's from the the jump right at down at the end in the shoot till it goes past the first time. And then it comes back when it's coming down that home straight. It gets worse. So you get two shots at it and it's a – I'm just you, – you think about the horses. like They must be looking around going, what is going on here? Well – you're right. They do because they, it's so unusual. Actually, flip side of that. That's I, the first time they go past it. That's right. And the, the flip side of it is I remember. So we were at, in Melbourne for the All-Star Mile in 2019 when Melody Bell was over there. I was over there for an event. And the races got called off at Caulfield because it was the weekend that the Formula One was in Melbourne, and the Italian team coronavirus started ripping through the Italian team. And it was March 2019. So it was start of March 2019, like March 11. And think back to what we knew about COVID then. Like, it was an offshore virus. Mm. We didn't know bugger all about it. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, hold on. This is in Australia. Like, oh, hold on. Like, wait, should we be wearing masks? Like, oh, hold on. And it just, we were there the weekend, it went whooshka. They took every, you couldn't go to the races, so they no. they they ran the race, but they no crowds. So we were at a function at uh, Crown Casino in Melbourne. Opie Boston came back with Jamie Richards, and Melody Bell ran a huge third. We had to fill up on the place. They came back to the Crown afterwards. Opie had this look on his face, like he had seen a ghost. I was like, mate, what's what's I was like, what's what's up, mate? Like, how was that? He's like, that is the strangest thing. I've ever done in my life. I said, like, what do you mean? He said, like, we just raced around Caulfield for $5 million and I could hear a pin drop. Unbelievable. I could hear everything every jockey was saying to their horse. He said, like, I've never, ever, ever sat on Melody Bell. I've never, ever got my mentally myself in the zone to go out there and just to hear and Ollie screaming at his horse, D-Lane talking to his, like. Oh, I wish they could record that. That would be so good. And it became normal over the next year. But the first day he was like, and he looked like he'd seen a ghost. It was like the flip side of the the loud Melbourne Cup. And that's where we've come from. So that parallel and what you're talking about, the social interaction, we've gone from that. I know. And then there's another picture this morning of last year's Melbourne Cup to this year's one. There's no one That's in right. Flemington. Yeah. And then this year, you, like, there's no space. You can't see no green, you know. So um, oh, I love that. I, when they when the gates open and, you know, they're off, oh, I just love that roar, mate. Like, you know, it's, that, it's like a wave coming up that straight for the first time. Um, and I, the one thing they do really well, the Australians, is the camera angles. 
Oh, the Channel 10 coverage was, it's was beautiful. It's phenomenal. The so you can helicopter s- over the starting the gates. The helicopter over the helicopter view right from the from the jump out. Amazing. Is amazing. And and that if you ever if you don't know racing, you should watch that that footage because that'll give you a real good understanding of why some races are lost right at the why, why they say it's drawn the car park and and why some of the races are lost right at the front end of the race, not the back end. And I just think, I just think, mate, we should have more of that footage here. Completely agree for our big days. We need to, um, and look, the SENZ. Mate, good gr- news. Did you hear that? Good news. Did you read that too about SENZ and NZR yesterday? NZTR, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're picking up some content for loveracing.nz and we're scaling up such our racing. Good, such good news. We're collabing the SENZ Grand Tour. We've got the Quaddy Crush. And if you're in the Quaddy Crush, I've heard today they'll be taking that cash out. So make sure you've got your $100 loaded in your account. We got big things coming with uh, NZTR and, and SCNZ. I'm loving this partnership, and I'm also loving the fact they got a fifty dollars TRB bonus bet to give away. You just have to take on, on the Kemp Master. Come on, it's been easy too. It's been easy, not easy today though. You're not getting any clues from me today. Izzy's yeah. back tomorrow, so this is your last chance to take on Kempy. <laughs> Run it straight at those big shoulders. 0800-150-811. Quizzy Dag up after this. This is how you do it. Quizzy Dag, come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that come play it. Quizzes on the line. Just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it. Quizzy, they come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. Yeah, that's right. They'll sound too good. Quizzy Dag, he'll be back tomorrow after his travels. The Melbourne Cup, how good. He would have had a lot of fun. Oh, imagine that plane ride today, Dusty. Uh, that's one of the horrible trips back in the rig. He'd know all about that morning, Mark. How are you this morning? Good boys and yourselves. Yeah, not too bad. How'd you go? Absolutely terrible. Hey. <laughs> Mark, do you, you know what? It's important to point this out because there'll be the gloaters today. There'll be the people that'll say this, I tip this, I tip that. I want. 99% of us are in the same boat, brother. Bloody good to hear, because, yep, I, uh, no, I didn't have a fill-up. I had him empty out. Yeah. It happens. It happens. It happens. Anyway, I haven't drunk Izzy's wine yet, mate, so it's still sitting there. I'll get it to him eventually. Hey, here's the first question. The big guzz. Brody Retallick received a red card in the All Blacks game against Japan last week, and how many games will he now have to miss due to suspension? I didn't actually hear it. Uh, so we'll have a punt at two. Oh, wow. Yeah, Wish you first... were that good at punting yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's just hurtful, Kempi. Come on, Kempi. Yeah, come on, Kempi. Oh, I couldn't let that one Actually, go. i tell you what, though. Um, drink, drink is his wine. He's been living it up over there. Just just drink it, mate. He'll, he'll better get another one. Okay. Did you cut? Can you cut that joke, please? Cut it. Cut it. Cut it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to question number two. LeBron James and the L- LA Lakers were happy to bag their first one of the regular season on Monday. What is their win-loss record so far this season? Uh, well, it'll be one win and eight losses. Not quite that bad, but they're heading that way, Marky. Good to hear from you. You got the win right. All right, let's go to our next caller. 
Ed from Tolaga Bay. He was actually down at the Fox last night. Was that right, Ed? How how how'd you enjoy your day? I'm just getting home, man. <laughs> <laughs> so right, mate. So right. You do know how to. You do know how to have fun, Ed. Let's see if you can have some fun and win this. LeBron James and our Lakers were happy to bag their first win. What's their win loss record so far this season? Oh, that'll be a guess for me too, man. Oh, uh, sixth one. Ooh, very close, Ed. You go and get some sleep. Get some shut eye. All right. See you, mate. All right, let's go to Brenton. Brenton, how are you, brother? Good, brother. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Surely you must know this one here. How many? How many? How many games have they lost the Lakers? Because they've got the one win, right? Yeah, I think it's five. Too easy. All right, here we go. You probably got this yesterday. What was the trifecta in the Melbourne Cup? Uh one seventeen nineteen, I think. I don't know. I, I had just a step down on the punt, mate. So <laughs> <laughs> At least you're honest. <laughs> Once. Um, you got one right. Well, yeah, no, we can't pay it, but... No, we gotta, yeah, we've got to name them. we got to yeah, name them. Yeah. All right, let's go to the next caller. Thanks, Brendan. Hey, Simon, how he, are you, mate? He actually had two numbers right there. Good, thanks. That's good. Mate, what was the trifecta yesterday? You've got to name them. Oh, Simon the horses. Knows. He jagged it. Uh, gold trip, emissary, and high emotion. Emotion. Yeah. High emotion, yep. Good man. All right, here's uh, question number four. The Kiwi Ferns kick off their Rugby League World Cup campaign tomorrow. Which team are they playing the first game? You would have heard it. We were talked about it this morning. Um, Five. Yeah, this morning. Um, Three. Two. Jesus. Have a stab. One. Yes, very, very good fingers. All right, Simon Whitelock has been named as captain of the All Blacks in the absence of Sammy Kane. We didn't even mention that. You see Sammy Kane on his way home. Um, I think it's a fractured cheekbone. Who are the two vice captains for the team? Have to name both of them. Um, Five, four, three, two, one. Have a step. Aaron Smith. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> so, sorry, Simon. Let's go to Craig and Tauranga. Ah! Morning, Craig. Good morning. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. How are you doing, mate? Got full pockets? Uh, uh, I did get the winner, um, thanks to staff, and I had uh, a box trifecta, and I got first, second, fourth, and fifth, but I missed third. Ooh. And funnily enough... Th- Third, the third place horse was the one that I got in Staffy's sweepstake, but I didn't take it in my trifecta. So, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, but I, but I, yourself. I <laughs> know, oh, a little, little bit, little bit, but I, I did, uh, I did just have a, a, a only, only a little bit on, on, uh, on the winner. Just, yeah, Staffy's tip, so thanks to Staff. Nice, nice. Hey, mate, so yeah. Sammy, Sammy Whitelock's been named captain. Name the two vice captains. Yeah, actually, I don't know. So you got a clue for me? I guess I can't ask Kempi. So well, who's anyone got a clue? No, the, the, <laughs> it's like it's pretty obvious. Like he's the you know he's the champion in the back line and he's the champion in the full back. It's a, that's a good clue. Champion in the back line and champion in the full back. So Artie Savier. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And I was going to say Aaron Smith, but you said that was wrong to that other guy. That's right. Um, I need you to have a guess very quick, Craig, no. otherwise I'm taking the bonus bit home. Oh, jeez. Um, in the back line. Have a stab. I'm trying to think. Um, <laughs> Come on, Craig. Geordie Barrett, but I don't think it's... It's not Jordy Barrett. It's not Jordy Barrett. Barrett. And Brett, can you say the answer in 10 seconds? Bodie and Adi. <laughs> Hunting. Thank you, Brett. Cozy dag done. Craig did the legwork there. Nearly at 7 a.m., we're going to talk to Shane Anderson, Global Gallop after 7 on all things Melbourne Cup. Hey, lads, could you remind everyone that you can text Gumboot to 469 to make a $3 donation to, for, to Gumboot Friday? Yes. Of course we can. What a, what a great cause it what is, What a Kibbe. great cause. Yep, 100%. I'm doing mine right now. He is. I can see him pick up his phone. And uh, an unnamed Texas says, we have to beat Ireland, a rained out or no result, and we will be gone, like Max gone. Um, yeah, is that true? I th- guess it would be. That game's Friday night. Whereabouts is it? I might get the long-range forecast out, eh? We're playing at, at Adelaide. Oh, it never rains at Adelaide. Morphable is always a good track. Think. Hope not. hope it doesn't rain. Seven AM's coming up. Here's Arahoa News full Kubota together with shaping and building New Zealand. Talking Melbourne Cup. The wrap up with Gold Trip after this. Kickstart your weight loss goals with the Opti Slim range from Chemist Warehouse. Now starting from five ninety nine. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. CNZ, four minutes past seven on the 2nd of November, yesterday Melbourne Cup Day. Welcome back into the show. What a day it was, Kempi, racing all around the world, taking the four and gold trip winning. And then last night, the Black Caps, not quite winning against England, but we were just talking before, how busy is this week? we got Rugby League World Cup kicking off tomorrow for the women's, we got the Kiwis in the action uh, we've got the All Blacks. We hadn't even mentioned Sam Kane. How big will that be for the boys? Oh, massive. Yep, it's honestly, every corner you turn at the moment, there's something decent on. Um, and that's not even talking about the World Series as well, being played over in America. So um, lots to choose um, if you're an armchair fan at the moment. Uh, I'm looking forward to the, the quarterfinals kicking off in the World Cup, the Rugby League World Cup. How good. How good. Yeah, very good. Uh, it will be incredible to see with how the Kiwis stack up uh, against the better competition. Fiji, any PTSD for you? Uh, yes, 
<laughs> yes, hundred percent. You know, I, I know that on their day, any one of these top top eight teams can turn it on. I actually think there will be an upset in the quarterfinals. I don't know where where it's going to be. Um, we talked to uh, Michael Maguire today on running it straight and then around the Kiwis and and how they're travelling up there. They got this massive problem at the moment with their kickers. You know, you got Jordan up on a hitting about seventy percent. You got Dills Brown who can't even hit them. Jeez, I think I hit better um, <laughs> better ratios in the in the kicking stakes when I was kicking for the Kiwi. So, at the end of the day, if it comes down to a tight game, we haven't got a we haven't got a kicker. Um, you're looking at Australia; they have kickoffs before before the game actually happens. So, so many good kickers in their side, and you know, I hope that doesn't come back to um, to bite us on the bum if we do get that far. So, um, yeah, mate, I, I do have a little bit of um, a little bit of I guess memory. Um, regarding the Fijians, because the last time we played them in a quarterfinal, they beat us 4-0. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I've got this terrible memory of Adam Blair chewing gum after the game and the absolute blow-up that there was. Um, it was a, a, hell of a, <laughs> a hell of a kickback from the Kiwis fans. because we I ran into Blairy last week. Out, he's doing good things. He is. Like, you know, he's, 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 doing, he's doing really well. One of the things, you know, at the end of football football careers, it's really hard to find that next step, Louis. You know, like you come out of um, professionalism, both me and Izzy talk about it all the time, and you find it really hard to take that next step to say, well, what am I? Yeah, right. Especially when you've been in it for so long, and you and you go on a little bit of a, a self-discovery trip, and, and you're talking to people all the time and asking them, what do I do? You know, what am, what am, what am I about? And in the end, what you're saying to yourself inside your own head is, actually, who am I? Because I was the footballer. Who am I now in just normal society? You know, and I've, I've, I've had a number of those conversations with a few players when they get to that stage of their career, you know. So um, it was good chatting to, to Blairy last week. He lives up in, in Point Chev. Uh, him and his little boy, Taika, uh, ran into them up, the, up there. Picking my girl up from school. Um, yeah, mate. You forget how big these humans are? <laughs> Physically? Yeah, well, mate, I, I never, you know, because I'm not a small man myself, but when you're standing next to footballers, you just forget how big they are. Like, I never ever thought about that when I was playing. Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good. Oh, sorry, mate. I'm it's, just it's a good point. I'm just going off on. Well, it's, it's a good point. I've actually thought it plenty about Izzy. He's not here this morning, which means well, because he was at the Melbourne Cup yesterday. And speaking of that, Kempi, we're going to get straight into our first guest of this hour because it's another year and another wonderful chapter being penned in the famous Melbourne Cup book, Gold Trip, the import who garnered an opinion for so many. Paying his debts in the most classical of ways. Here's Doval Legend presenting, and Gold Trip down the outside. Emissary is behind those. Gold Trip moves up, takes the lead from Doval Legend. 250 metres to go. Emissary running on. Gold Trip, 150 metres to go, wandering about, getting tired. Emissary is trying very, very hard, but Gold Trip is brave. 100 to go, a length and a half. Emissary. Gold Trip is going to win the Lexus Melbourne Cup. Oh, wasn't it just? And Mark Zara attributed the win to the gentlemanly service gold trip provided during the trip, not using a lack a lick of extra energy until he needed to let down. Well, that was how it was going to have to be, considering he lugs 57.5 kgs to victory, the second most weight in 35 years, as far as I can work out, behind Maccabi Divas, staggering 58 in 2005. The handicap is warned there was no natural top weight, but that's just a footnote now, Kempe, because the reality is Kempe.
Kieran Ma, David Eustace, uh, Melbourne Cup winning trainers, Mark Zara achieved his Cup redemption. And the Aussie Bloodstock Colours salute again in Australia's biggest race. Gold Trip is your Melbourne Cup winner for 2022. And Shane Anderson is one of the sharpest international racing minds out there. He spent time as a key broadcaster in this part of the world and bases himself in Europe now where Gold Trip previously raced. Shane's on the line. He's been good enough to give up some of his time this evening. Morning, mate, from New Zealand. Great to have you on the programme. And great to be with you both off what the back uh, was off the back of, uh, I think, a, a tremendous Melbourne Cup, one of the best we've seen. Yeah, right. Well, let's start there. I mean, you, you put it like that. Gold trip, uh, an obvious, well, maybe not, but in hindsight, a deserving victor? Yeah, I mean, his form all the way through the spring had been top-notch. The only time he'd missed a top five was in the Cox Plate when he had no luck. And he's a horse with proven elite-level form. He only had the one win next to his name before the Cup. And of course, that was in a Group 2 in France. He ran fourth in a Prix d'Arc de Triomphe, which is the most significant race you have in Europe. He's an out-and-out star. Uh, the big question was, would he run two mile and would he do it carrying 57.5 kilos? And he did it in style. Yeah, didn't he do it in style? Last year, very elegant, carried 57. And we thought that was crazy at the time. Is there anything to read into these high-weighted horses, mate, winning two years consecutively? Or is it more about circumstances of the field in the race? Yeah, I think it's a, a change. Well, it's an evolution of the race. We went for a long period of time where it dropped in quality. And then after the race became international in 1993, for about the next 15 to 20 years, we just had top-class horse after top-class horse competing in it. I think what we've seen, particularly in Australia in recent times, is that there's not a great deal of depth in that staying division. So when that happens, you tend to find horses that are pretty good. Like he's a legitimate top-class horse, Gold Trip. And he's able to do things at the top of the weights where in stronger years you probably wouldn't have seen that result. So I think he's he's the best of what is a, a lacklustre bunch. But what I love the most about his performance is they ran a really strong tempo all the way through in the Cup yesterday. So that made it every horse's chance to win the race. And him under the top weight was the one who was strongest on the line. So he's a, he's a worthy winner. He's a very good horse of, uh, of the great race. So it was all about his race manners, as Mark Zara articulated beautifully. He just didn't use any petrol when he didn't need to, and he was doing exactly what Zara's hands wanted him to do. You called him a star. Well, he was bought for, I think, 2.1 million Australian by the Aussie Bloodstock and, and Will, Will Bourne for uh, Kieran Ma. Did the price feel fair at the time, Shane? Oh, there's an inflated price with Europeans for Australian money, and mm. there has been for about the last 15 years. But, I mean, he's a horse. If you're going to spend that type of money, he's the right sort of credential because he'd proven himself that he could run against the very best in Europe. Um, and he looked like he always had a bit more in the tank. Um, I think, interestingly, he's got a, a pedigree that does suit Australia. He's by a horse that didn't stand in Australia called Outstrip. It was a very good European horse, but is in son of Exceed and Excel. So they're bloodlines that we know do well down under. But he arrived there with plenty of time. He acclimatised. Uh, he was given a thorough grounding. And as I mentioned earlier, he was given a really, really deep preparation to get him to the Cup. So he, he ticked all the old school boxes that would make him a, a winner of the Cup. So I think he's done a great job. He's a, he's a very, very good horse. And he'll probably stand up over the next 12 months and win a few more features along the way. You look at the, you look at that form line. You look at the way that they got it. Um, they got it right. The trainers could they be excused the punters for having trouble trying to work that out? Because um, it's testament to the horse's versatility in it, having the having that open minus to run them in the Caulfield Co- uh, Cup, the Cox Plate, and then the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, it's it's rarely done these days, and I think a couple of things about him. Uh, 
I think Lloyd Williams came out of the press down under and said, you know, he's uh, only ever won one race. He's, he's not really a, a worthy top weight. And Lloyd was to a degree right about that. When you look at his overall exposed forms, you could, you could make some cases that it's not a strong renewal. But when you look through his runs this campaign, from when he had his first start over 1,500 metres in the winter in Sydney to a progression through the Naturalism, the Turnbull, the Caulfield Cup, the Cox Plate, there are legitimate excuses all the way through when he was being beaten. So it was just a matter of would he run the trip? And he certainly did that, you know, as, as you guys mentioned earlier, with that, that ride that Mark Sara gave him. He was just too strong. And, yeah, he's, look, I, I don't want to be too much of a, a down player of him because I think he's a legitimately good horse. It wasn't one of the strongest fields we've ever seen in the Melbourne Cup. But they went at such a strong tempo. You can't deny that he, he really does stand tall as, as a pretty good winner of the race and probably one of the best we've seen in that last 15 to 20 years. Well, a lot of the commentary, Shane, and you would have seen it, was, oh, they've taken the blinkers off. They they clearly aren't sure about the trip and maybe they, they need to get everything out of him. But it didn't look like that at all. It almost, like he, he wobbled around when he hit the front, but I think that's more about his temperament than his staying ability. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. And I think it also probably looked a little bit amplified on the vision because I think Emissary, the horse that was charging into second, was also wandering a little bit. So when you've got two horses that are getting the staggers over that last 250, 300 metres of the race, um, it can make it look a little bit more a, a, a over the top than what it really was. But I think, yeah, he's a horse that's clearly had his quirks along the way. But Kieran Maher and David Eustace, they're amazing trainers. And their their rise over the last few years has just been phenomenal. They just, they just keep working on his niggles. They got it, his, his little tweak sorted out. And then we saw what he could do uh, yesterday. It was just a devastating performance. When, when Sarah went for him at the 400-metre mark, he just cruised into it. I mean, yeah. it was amazing to see how easily he got to them. Yeah, that I think that pace, Shane, I think it, it done a lot of those horses when you hit that that um, that bend you, and you saw that front on camera view, a number of horses behind them were, were cooked um, because of that pace. Mate, just so curious to, to get your take on some of the other to, um, topics quickly. International jockeys this spring carnival in Australia, you got Buick for 12 rides for no wins, you got the Tory nine rides for no wins and one placing, um, and Spencer four rides no wins. Is that surprising to you that they've had no look and and look quite ordinary? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say they're they're ordinary. Um, I mean, we get this sort of commentary year in year out, and certainly uh, back in my days when I was on on television back in Australia, I'd probably throw a few barbs at myself. But, um, <laughs> and, uh, they're, they're legitimate top-class jockeys. I mean, Buick's won Group 1 races all around the world. Frankie Dettori is a true legend of the sport. He's won Group 1 races all around the world. I think that it's the challenge they've got is that they're flying in to ride at these meetings where they're travelling from the Northern Hemisphere to Australia. They're basically landing 24 hours, 48 hours uh, before. I don't care whether you're at the pointy end or at the back end of the plane. You're going to be hit with jet lag and so on. So the, the reality is they're probably never at their dominance but we have seen some jockeys do it and, and come out on top ryan moore's a perfect example jamie spencer over the years has arrived in one group ones uh christoph sumion and all and some of the other big names so it can happen I, I don't think you can be too harsh to bag them if they luck out the problem is when they're coming and they're riding some of the big guns i mean doville legend's been talked up as a as a star and a potential melbourne cup winner for the best part of six months and if he comes and underperforms or who you are, another one that Craig Williams was on. So there's, there's circumstances to it, but I don't think you can ever bag the jockeys for not being good enough because their record proves that they are. 
Yeah, that's fair enough. And I, I love that Frankie Dettori was just chatting the, the uh, barrier lads up at the, in his lap before his last race. It was almost like it was worth having him out there just for a bit of star factor. And <laughs> Although we won't go there, but the fact that Frankie Dettori is riding at Randwick on Melbourne Cup days, there's some serious question marks around that whole situation. Before we let you go, Shane, one last thing I've been dying to ask you about, Animo. Animo is back this weekend, and this champion stakes just is tantalising. I'm Thunderstruck. We'll try and knock him off. It looks like such a good end for the carnival, which has been so good this year. But for whatever reason, Animo cannot shake these detractors. There are people that want to criticise him. I just don't know why. I don't know where this negativity comes from. Is he the best weight for age horse in Australia, clearly in your opinion, and could he travel and silence the critics? Yeah, I think he's the best weight for age horse in Australia in the middle distance ranks by a margin. Uh, what he doesn't do is he doesn't win by, win by a big space. And I think, you know, when you've had in recent years horses like Winks that can do the impossible and go back a little bit further to Black Caviar and so on. I mean, his record says he's a superstar. He just scrambles home a little bit. Would he go overseas and dominate? No, I don't think he would. Would he go overseas and probably win a Group 1? Yeah, I think he would. I think he's a legitimate top-class horse. He's clearly number one down under at the moment. And I think he'll come out and win another Group 1 on Saturday. Amazing. There you go. I think you'd be brave to be against him, Shane. Thank you so much for your time. Whereabouts are you in the world, mate? I'm curious. What was that country code you gave us? Uh, you'll love this one. So basically, I, I travel between uh, the UK and, and Denmark for, for work. So I'm currently, I just got a plane off a plane. I'm in Copenhagen where there's an election on today and there's thousands of people in the street. So I've been doing this chat from an alleyway. I look, I look probably dodgy, but not, not many people can speak English where I am. That is brilliant, mate. That is brilliant. Oh, okay, well, we'll let you carry on and uh, make sure you hand in your balance. Democracy is key, mate. Enjoy your day. Uh, thank you for your time, Shane. Vote one. Take care, guys. <laughs> Very good. He's a legend. He's so sharp, Shane. Um, man, he's across it all. And really good to get his take on Animo there. Would he go around the world and, and dominate? No. Would he go around the world and win a group one? Yes. And I think if he did that, it would shut so many people up. Mm, yeah. He gets another one this weekend. I, uh, yeah, I liked uh, I'm Thunderstruck's run in the, in the Cox Plate. But, mate, Animo, I, I don't care if he just does enough to win. He wins. Yeah, I think he'll be going really close. Um, I'm thunderstruck. Naturally, people talking about reverse the barriers and the cox plate, he'll be coming at him. Well, he gets a chance this weekend. The barriers will be out today. Um, Tim says, I watched Frankie win seven races in a day when I was in the UK. The man is a proper. Yeah, he, he is. He is. He is a proper lad. He is a funny bloke and he is a weapon. And um, Leith told a good story about him in the weekend as well when they were in the sauna in Japan on one trip and he came in with champagne. Like they were all wasting and he's coming with champagne <laughs> and he's drinking Frankie champagne while they're wasting. He is a, a proper legend, Tim. Yeah, got you, got you, got you. He is a proper legend. Um, Famous for jumping off those horses, remember? No, what? Famous for coming in and and getting the um, the stable hand to hold the horse, and he would get up on the stirrups and fly off the horse. Oh yeah, right. So he made oh, yeah. he made jumping off the horses. You know that that's where that all came from. Frankie Dottori, mate, and he did he did ride millions of winners. Um, yeah, good jockey, very, very good jockey, very good jockey. Jay Mack, well, even Jay Mack, watching him do do the interviews yesterday, I'm still thinking, mate. Jay Mack, no Melbourne Cup.
crazy. It is crazy. I asked, hey, I asked um, Sticko yesterday your, your theory about whether you should be... What does Sticko say? Can you just pull him? Is there anything contractual? And he said, well, interestingly, in Europe, they do it. They don't care. They mm. just say, sorry, mate, the Tories available, boot you. <laughs> but down here they don't do that. So Kiwis wouldn't do that. Yeah, right. So, um, <laughs> we, and that's why I said to sticker. So was it just etiquette? Like, would you waste your bullet just, because everyone would then just think you're an absolute, you know, yeah. you're a piece of work in the industry. Is it worth it? No, well, that's why it's not done. But at the same time, like, if you had, like, would, would he have lifted Doval Legend? I mean, probably not, but he just gets horses to relax. He just gets them in the perfect spot. So, you know, it's an interesting one. Would you, I mean, it's, it's probably around kind of morality and, you know, what, what sort of bloke you are or person you are. But, um, no, it's, it's not done down this part of the world. Anyone have a fill up on the Melbourne Cup? Anybody find Gold Trip? And where would you be going next? Um, would you be looking towards, I don't know, for Gold Trip, a Queen Elizabeth in the autumn? Or do you want to keep him at those longer staying distances? Will they bring him back and try and win an, another one for them later on? Um, another Melbourne Cup next spring? Not too sure. Make sure you send your messages in, double eight, double three. What would you like to see us do? Here with Kim's Warehouse, great savings every day. Uh, just having a little bit of interference in the system here, Kempi. So if you've got your off-the-back-fence ready... 100%. I'm we, always ready. You know me. We might just climb back into off-the-back-fence... Oh, we no, we can't do that. We can do that? We can't do that. Yeah, of course we can. Oh, here you go. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Yes, with all the focus on rugby and cricket, uh, one could be forgiven forgetting that we have a Rugby League World Cup on at the moment as well. And to boot, it's the quarterfinals. So let's be clear, it's the best eight teams in the world finally ready to file out for the semis. And the ultimate bragging rights have been called the best in the world. How good. Three World Cups and a Northern Tour for the All Blacks is a dream viewing for any armchair fan. But is it? How many people have the wealth to buy subscriptions to watch sport? How many have been able to actually watch live sport as opposed to free to air replays over the last month? For me, all World Cups, and I, I honestly believe this, all World Cups should be free to air in New Zealand. Subscriptions for all other events should include free viewing of either World Cups or Olympics. It's just how it should be. How good would it be? But for most of us, that's only a pipe dream. Maybe, just maybe, the powers that could sacrifice a small profit during World Cups would be great as a way to say thank you for all the support that we do for all the other events that we pay for. What do you think? Well, the desire... In the case of that we do have to pay for it for World Cups, die if we can't afford those subscriptions? Or will it just become about making copious amounts of profit and allowing World Cup passion to die? Yeah, interesting, Kempi. Um, it's, yeah, look, it's something I think it affects rural communities more. 100%. And, and just in general, lower socioeconomic communities. And, like, the further you go into the country, like we were in Whangarei, like, the, it's just... You know, it's the people are well. Just the systems in place. Like, for example, where I'm from, North Canterbury, my grandparents, they've always lamented. Well, it started with the Rugby World Cup when it wasn't going to be on Sky, and they had Sky. They've always had Sky just because it's cable. It goes into their rural property, and it's just easy for them. And look, I know, like, you should be able to get them a new. In theory, you can get them a new smart TV, and you can get them a Chromecast, and you can get them their high speed internet so they can watch it. 
But that involves money, it involves time, and it involves complication where just for some, and a lot of New Zealanders, it's just not possible for one of the three reasons. And it, and it is it is more a issue when you go further out of the cities. Yeah, I just got thinking about it yesterday. Like, you carry a TV around in your hand, you know what I mean? So you've got a TV around in your hand that could probably costs you a bit to because people don't... You know, sometimes they pay cash for it. Sometimes they they pay paying it off. So there's one fee. So mm. that's a subscription. And then on that, you've got apps, and you might pay for a few apps. So that's another subscription. And then you got all the sport, yeah. So that's a subscription. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Netflix, mm-hmm. another one. Mm-hmm. And then you've <laughs> and then you go right. I want to watch the UFC. And it's just the way that media, House of Dragon and, Neon. And it's just the <laughs> and Neon. It's just the way that the media rights are going at the moment. You know and it's sort of like all of the see all of the little pieces add up, and I think as a way I don't know if I was if I was marketing you know the sparks and the skies and the Netflixes and all that, I would be marketing a probably a free to air like if you have got a subscription with us we're actually going to you know we're going to battle to have the let's say the T Twenty World Cup or the Rugby League World Cup and all that sort of stuff and and if you're a member actually. You get you get free free viewership with that. Well, because it'll make you decide which which provider you actually want to go to based on what you actually like. Does that sort of make sense? I kind of look. It does. I know where you're going. Like I think we need a we need a complete rethink of our subscriptions in New Zealand. We're so far away. Like we don't have something like Hulu in America where they have a lot of the stuff based together. Or um, they. I think there are other kind of agencies that do group a lot of the stuff together but our market's so small that these people are all competing against each other that you couldn't umbrella them I'm pretty sure that would be why yeah. it's like they're all competing for the same market share so you can't umbrella them we don't have a big enough market to be able to get that one shop stop you know because when one you stop shop one stop shop because when you do go and get your phone, your phone <laughs> you do get a free you know like you do get Spotify thrown at your Netflix sure. thrown at you is bundled up in it so but it's, it's there's so many options and it's the what we're seeing is things are becoming further and further away gone are the days of just having Sky and TV one like things are more when do you get more options you get more options to more uh, more access to options right. So every time something new pops up, there's a new way to view it. And at the moment, we're in this. We're probably going through growing pains in New Zealand. And I don't know if Australia is the same. Where it's almost like a scattergun approach. So it is a good point. So Spark Sports had the uh, rugby women's rugby world cup and the uh, rugby league world cup. They've done a super job. It's awesome. Uh, I really enjoy it. But I understand that not everybody has an account. That's just an effect. That's an effect. And I understand what you're saying about free to wear. It's important to point out that the women's rugby world cup set this Saturday. Both semi-finals are live on Channel Three, so they mm. will both be live on TV Three free to air, and so is the final. Now, you would like every game to be live, and for World Cups. Well, I, ju- I just think I've got this thing like the, you should promote the best. You know what I mean? So if you're promoting a World Cup, like we want, see everyone plays these four-year cycles to get to a World Cup, don't they? The bonus should be if you support us for four years watching Super Rugby, let's say Super Rugby, NPC, Club Rugby and all that, actually in four years over this five-week period, you get five weeks free. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. not saying you give them free to air all the time. I'm saying as part of your package for those previous four years, you actually get the five weeks free. Yeah, something a bit creative Because they, like do do they do do promotions, but what about that for a promotion? Well, it would be patriotic. 
yeah, yeah. and they'll be listening, and, it'll, and I, I guarantee you it's going to come up. We'll get free World Cups because it just makes sense. We're all sitting here. Look, imagine now we're all sitting here going, man, I wish I, I had a Spark account and a Sky account and and oh. you know all this to go with all my other thousand accounts, and people don't have it. Well, it's like $20 here, $20 here. Like, it, it's, hey, inflation, cost of living, it's tough. And do you know what the Just first- trying to think of an innovative way to approach how do we get – I'm not talking every game. I'm talking the pinnacles, Olympics. Imagine the World Cup soccer, World Cup rugby, World Cup rugby league. In this country, World Cup netball, you know, and they're only five-week batches. But they're four-year four cycles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you want to watch the World Cup soccer, for instance, and you and I love watching the World Cup soccer and all the qualifying games, you spent four years paying for it. I hear you, Kempe. Um, interesting thoughts there. Double eight, double three. If you've got a solution, or if you enjoy Kempe's idea around the uh, World Cup pass or a promotion that you get it for free, I mean, it can't be a bad thing, right? And it would garner attention. Hopefully, it could then work for all your Spark Sports. And by the way, the product is great. The product itself is good. It's just, I understand, it's hard for everybody to have. Here's a great message. Gelda, created a TAB account yesterday. I usually just bet on Melbourne Cup each year. I got my two $25 bonus bets, got Dad to show me how to use it and put 25 for the win and 25 for the place. A gold trip. <laughs> Made me 625 bucks. What a buzz. Hot. I'm a winner, fam. Love the show, guys. Is his beautiful sister, Ange. Shot Ange. Shot, shot Ange. Ange, do a favour. Like that hook that just you got on yesterday, just slowly release it and throw it, throw it back. You take right? your $625. And walk away. Go have a nice dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Go have a nice dinner and um, and walk away. I love it, Kempi. Appreciate your message here, Ange. That's awesome. Right. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. We're going to talk Movember with Chris Steele before the hour is out as well. SNZ with 27 away from 8 o'clock. Jeez, just sit out press-ups for November in that uh, news break because we lost a... Uh, I hear a, 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 bit, a little birdie told me yesterday that uh, the drive crew um, might need to be taught how to do a press-up. Like, I'm, I don't know, like, I didn't see any socials come out, but I can guarantee you from me that all the boys in this breakfast show doing their push-ups. Well, you can see it, and you can see me getting swollen, right? Let's just get some sports <laughs> headlines. I'm not, by the way. Come I'm, on, Joe! Joe's starting to realise his form is just atrocious. It's st- <laughs> at least he's doing it. half marathon's kicking in. At least he's doing it, though. Gala's fueling your mission all year round. Pop into your local for some good value fuel on your mission uh, visit gull.nz. Right, Steve Nash axed as Brooklyn Nets coach. That's just happened first thing this morning. Uh, the Black Caps, well, they lost to England last night. Um, some poor fielding, drop catches. Joss Butler was let off the hook twice, has cost them. You heard that on SCNZ. We'll get commentary highlights a little bit later on. And the All Blacks, well, they are hunting for a Welsh scalp, they're also hunting for consistency, as David Harvey Lee has told us. Mm. 
yes, just can't quite get that from David Harvey, but consistency is exactly what they are after. 25 away from 8 o'clock. Right, there's some sports headlines, and we will keep up to date with the uh, All Blacks. Their team will be named, ooh, what would it be, late Thursday night, I think? So they'll be looking to um, put a statement out there because there'll be lots of European critics wanting to, well, bemoan them and, and really put the knife into them. So it'll be a massive performance against Wales that they'll be looking for, and Izzy will be able to talk to that tomorrow. But there's a couple of texts here, Kempi, one from Joe and one from Frazy. You want to get to those? Yeah, this one up here from Joe. Do not agree with you, Kempi. Uh, life is short. Life is about hard work and sacrifice. Living in Gizzi, the second poorest socioeconomic region in the country, I see preferences for alcohol, smoke, vapes and weed. If that's your priority, then so be it. I sacrifice to have Sky and pay 120 per month and have to buy Spark Sports for the months. I want to watch content for $40 per month. See, it's quick. See, it's quite expensive, isn't it? It is a dream to have free World Cups, mate, as people like me who have um, why should we have to pay and finance your pipe dream? Yeah, look, I, I hear you, Joe. I hear you, and and yeah, that that's all. Like, especially in the lower socio side, if you want to pay for subscriptions, oh, I'm just let's take another one, which is a league subscription for the year at my club's about thirty bucks, cheap as mate, for what you get. And uh, that argument around what you're spending your money on, Joe, what you said, um, alcohol, vaping, cigarettes, and that, as opposed to paying thirty dollars for your kid, I totally agree. Um, so, yeah, it's. I guess it's a personal preference. It is a personal preference, and it does depend what you want to sacrifice. But look, I think the the hard thing is is when you care about so many a broad range of teams, and when it's all split up and going in different directions in a perfect world. Well, it is, but it, it's just the market. Like we yeah. can't. It's just is. It is what it is, you know. And that's where you just have to make tough calls. Like this from Frazy. Morning chaps, a drop spark as I had it, but pay extra for the league and Champions League. What happened to one subscription for one platform? I loved the show. I didn't make a cent yesterday. Thanks, Sticko. That's from Frazy. <laughs> and I actually met Frazy yesterday. He's a good man. He's a listener of the show. He'd just come back from Melbourne. He bumped into Izzy over there. So he was over with the very elegant lads. And uh, they had a her of a time some very unbroadcastable stories about their behaviour. No, not that bad. Just uh, lads being lads, that sort of, um, of Melbourne Cup trip. But um, <laughs> very, very good to see you yesterday, Frazy. Also, while I'm thinking of it, who tipped us Atomic at Wingatui? Because it won at eight bucks. And, and won I, well. And I backed it. So if that was you, come through. I think Sky and Spark are good value, says Tim. I used to pay 100 bucks a month just for Sky Dakota. Now I use Sky Sports now, and it's way better and heaps cheaper. They both have me for almost half that price. Well, when you put it in perspective like that, Tim, so I'm sure a lot of people are finding ways to do it. Happy medium. Yeah, and I think it's going to get better. I think it's going to get better. But promo- you know, promotional-wise, what, ta- what I'm talking about is five weeks of uh, recognition for all these years Especially on, I'm saying a World Cup cycle, which is four years of you know supporting an organisation. Maybe it'd be quite good for them to throw that at you as well when you're yep. signing up. Makes sense. And one last text here from Rob. Morning. Hope the pun was enjoyable yesterday. Yes, it was, Rob. It was good fun. It always is. Quaddy Crush, how do you find out if you're in the field or how many are waiting for money to come out of my account? Also, should be good to see Pung all written from behind. Rob, yes, completely. Pung all written a little bit off the speed in the autumn will be super hard to beat. And the Quaddy Crush, T 
today I'm hearing that the TAB is going to be taking that $100 out of your account. If you've signed up, you've done everything right, you just need to have your $100 in your account today. I hope that's what I'm hearing. Please let it happen. <laughs> the TAB will be taking the money out today with $100 and you will be in the Quarty Crush from there. And by the way, there aren't, oh, wow, there's still spaces available, but I am very excited to tell you that so many people were keen to get involved with the Quaddy Crush because why wouldn't you? Over summer, we're building a Quaddy pool. SCNZ's kicked in 10K. TAB's kicked in 10K. We're going to be attacking Quaddies on Saturdays in New Zealand racing. And at the end of it, we're going to be able to give back the dividend to the 300 punters that chipped in $100 each. SCNZ forward slash win. SCNZ radio forward slash win. Uh, online, just go to the website and go to the win tab. And you can sign up there and find out all of the details. After this, we're going to talk Movember Kempe after some more press-ups because Chris Steele and our man Geordie Gibbons are going to be playing a serious amount of golf, all for a good cause. I know, it sounds like sounds like hell, doesn't it? Movember. <laughs> they're going to tell us what they're up to after this. Right, golf. What a punishment. I mean, we, took, we hear it every single week. Izzy Dag getting out on the greens um, to escape his reality and then coming back and wishing he never played because he shot 100. Um, it's a <laughs> for a lot of people, golf is an escape. But for a couple of good Kiwis, golf is going to be, well, a vehicle for them to do something very good for... Uh, I guess a cause that's special to them and special to a lot of people. Together we can change the face of men's health. We're in this together. Let's do this for the men in our lives. Donate now to Movember. SCNZ is something we're very passionate about. Something Geordie Gibbons and good friend of the show, Sailor Chris Steele, are very passionate about as well. They're on the line. Morning, men. Hey, fellas. Morning, Louis. Morning, Kempe. How are we? Morning, boys. How's it going? How are, you? How are you looking forward to getting out there, boys, and playing seven million games of golf? Yeah, look, it's, it's not going to be easy. We uh, we've got out for for an eighteen holes a couple of times this week, and we were just saying, uh, yeah, playing two and a half times at each day is it's not going to be easy. But yeah, what better cause than than uh, men's mental health with November? And um, yeah, we're just looking forward to the challenge. It's it's pretty epic stuff what you're doing. So just to give us the dynamics for, for everybody, um, you're going to be playing each. This is each forty five holes a day for a week straight, which I assume is seven days. The idea to get ninety holes between you, which will add up to six hundred and thirty, which was the male suicide rate in New Zealand over the last year, which is a very sobering number. Um, it's obviously close to your both of your hearts, men's mental health. Yeah, I think it's a it's a bit of a um, you know it's it's sad that we have to do this many um, holes of golf. We'd you know we'd love it to be far lower, and um, it is uh, it's New Zealand as a whole rather than males themselves. But yeah, it's it's a it's a very sobering sort of thought um, having to do this many holes based on something that uh, a lot of people across New Zealand are affected by every single day. So yeah, it's uh, pretty important to the fellas and. Um, we're just excited to get out there and uh, give it a give it a good shot. So, how how do you get involved, boys, in your um, in your challenge? And have you got a, like a group that are coming out there with you? Do you like who's your you got the nutrition and and fluids? Obviously, forty five um, holes of golf a day. It's during the week going to start to pack up. You're going to need um, some support. What, what's it look like? Yeah, so basically, we're, we're running it from the twenty uh, first to the twenty seventh of November. Um, and we're playing across uh, seven different courses, uh, sort of mostly throughout Auckland. Um, but yeah, basically we're going to, the, the idea is we're going to have sort of uh, sort of one um, 
person come on kind of each day that we're going to shoot a set with and um, get some content with, so we have some cameras and stuff following us around the course. And, and I mean, obviously, you know, we're, we're doing it around the activity of golf, but it's not really about the golf. I mean, the, the golf's um, obviously the, the channel that we're kind of using to to sort of um, achieve that, that significant number that we talked about. But, but it's more about kind of um, sitting down and trying to get into a little bit of the, the sort of deeper chats with, with people. And so we've got some uh, pretty cool personalities coming on board with that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the idea is just to, to put people a little bit out of their comfort zone and, and try and uh, normalise having some of these uh, more difficult conversations that you, you might not sort of get day to day. So the actual, um, and, and like I love your reasoning behind it, and I think it's so important with Movember and it's something that Rob and, and everyone does so well around that is it's you can do a challenge, but it's about actually um, amplifying that and broadcasting it and, and making sure that you can kind of garner a bit of interest. So you do have some plans around making sure you kind of follow the story and people can follow along and understand why, because that is it, it's the why, right? Yeah, so the, sort of the the whole idea, uh, you know, golf is such a great vehicle for getting males particularly out there and just uh, enjoying a bit of time away from everyday life. You know, it takes a, a period of time. And I think a lot of people feel they're most comfortable when they're in those sort of environments. So um, we're going to have sort of cameras on the carts and it's going to become a bit of a daily vlog sort of series that we're going to, you know, get someone on and then have those chats and, uh, you know, it's not going to be all doom and gloom. We're going to be chatting. We're going to be, going to be having heaps of fun. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a hell of an effort and there's going to be plenty of laughs. But I think it's just getting across those um, sort of important points and hearing different perspectives from different people and males across New Zealand about their experiences and, you know, what they're, they're trying to do to, to improve their lives as a whole as well as, as, as both of us. Yeah, a fantastic co-papa boys. I had a couple of Whangai brothers that committed suicide and, and um, I don't think really the conversations around doom and gloom. I think the conversations around conversation, you know, like uh, all. you know, you've got, to, you've, got yeah, to, you've got to be able to talk and you've got to be able to actually be there and, you know, there'll be people listening, especially to, to our show, that will pick up a, um, a, a little gold nugget. From, from from this conversation today and the conversations that will continue to happen. What is that message that you would like to, to throw out there today? Like during the week, what is what is your key messaging? Oh, I think it's, it's just trying to normalise the fact that it's, uh, sometimes it's, it's okay just not to be okay. You know, like people have everyday difficulties and challenges that they face um, that, that come from, from nowhere and it might be something as simple as... Um, you know, losing a job or breaking up in a relationship or, or you know, um, it could be something as serious as losing a close mate. And, um, you know, it's not, it's not something that a lot of the time you, you can predict. It, it kind of comes out of nowhere. And, and uh, I guess, you know, with all the things that we're kind of taught in life, we're not really ever sort of taught how to how to deal with some of those more sort of, sort of difficult um, situations. So, yeah, I mean, getting out, I mean, golf, like Geordie was saying, is a, is a really great avenue, especially for males, because, Generally speaking, it takes sort of two and a half hours or four hours of playing 18 holes usually. And, and um, you know, when you're spending that much time out, out there with a the bloke, at some point, you know, you have to sort of start to open up. So, um, you know, I think that that's sort of why we've sort of chosen golf. It's, it's a great sort of area. A lot of males are sort of getting involved in, in that sort of stuff now. And, yeah, we're just trying to really push that message that, um, yeah, check in on your mates and, and um, yeah, it's, it's okay to have some some of those sort of, sort of deeper, darker situations, sort of chats that that hopefully um, make a little bit of a difference to people out there. So, 
um, yeah, although we're sort of only doing it over the, the space of a week, um, yeah, we've got a few weeks now to sort of promo it and, and hopefully uh, yeah, really make a difference. The key there, think, thank you very much for that message, the key there is check-in. It doesn't take more than a, a, a 30 seconds to send a text message or a phone call. Just if you've got a friend out there and you haven't spoken to him for a while, just phone him up and it's okay to say, hey man, how you going? Are you okay? You know what I mean? So, hey boys, fantastic um, co-pupper that you guys are on. All the best with that, eh, eh Louis? Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, like, Steely, you're a ripper. Geordie, um, I don't know you, mate, but you sound like it too because you take it on something and just the fact that you guys are putting yourselves out there, it's um, awesome to, and I, and I run at Movember, I really appreciate to have some good young dudes on board very quickly. I mean, I can't believe that you're not travelling for a full week, Chris. So, um, not like San Tropez or... Mallorca or Ibiza or something very fun. That's pretty crazy to have you in New Zealand for that long. And what are you guys playing off at the moment? Because you're playing that much golf, you must be getting down pretty low. Yeah, but luckily, yeah, pretty pretty much wrapped up for the year. Louis, uh, still a bit of travel to come, uh, which is going to be going to be nice. But yeah, really really keen to sink our teeth into to this challenge came up in November, and um, yeah, try and put the time to some good news. So uh, the golf's been going all right lately. I'm uh, I think I'm off about an eight point two or something at the moment, and Geordie's wow. uh, coming hot from my heels at a at an eleven. Um, but admittedly, he did beat me last time we played. So oh, we're certainly going to be uh, <laughs> we're going to be having a few challenges along the way. Um, so yeah, if anyone out there wants to wants to get behind us, um, you know, you can sponsor us uh, for the amount of birdies that we have, or or we'll personally be pitching in for you know little challenges like the number of three putts or, or bogeys and things like that. Um, so yeah, we'll be sort of advertising most of it through our Instagram pages and stuff. But, um, yeah, you'll be able to find both our profiles on the on the Movember um, pages as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, let's get behind it and uh, try and try and promote men's mental health and uh, see if we can raise some money along the way. Chris Steele, Geordie Gibbons, go and have a look at them on Instagram and uh, search them up on Movember. You can also search Team SCNZ up there if you want to donate to us. Um, great. Great message, boys. Great quarter. Great to catch up. Geordie and Chris, we'll be back to wrap up the hour after this game. Remember the Kennards Hire phone line is there for you if you want to come through on anything Black Caps in particular. I want to know what you made of last night's game. Just a blip on the radar, not something you're too worried about? Or was the fielding and untimely wickets concerning enough for you? Hey, um, here's a couple more messages on your Spark Sport and just subscription chats, Kempi. Hi, guys. I agree with that texter. Maybe Tim Spark has brought the price of Sky down, especially if you get Sky Sport now. If it's just sport you want and don't pay the 100 to 120 for the stuff you never watch. Spark is $25 a month. Good value. Sky Sport is the same as about Netflix, so still cheaper than what it used to be. So... On a separate note, Spark On Demand is way better than Sky, I find. It's easy to find stuff, easy to use, and I really like it. I'd encourage anyone who hasn't tried it to give it a go. Finally, I have nothing to do with either company. So they should be coming in here, Spark and Sky, giving them some giving them some pump. Well, we do. Spark are involved in SCNZ, and look, it's why we have these honest conversations. But Craig, that's good, genuine feedback from you on Double Eight. Double Three. Here is Aroha the News for Kubota. Together with Shaping and Building New Zealand... Strong, healthy bones with Swiss vitamin D 400 capsules. Now only $24.99 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ.
just after 8am is the 2nd of November. Hope your Melbourne Cup day was awesome. Welcome to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast for another day. Daggy's back from Melbourne tomorrow. He'll be back with his old partner in crime, Kempi. And uh, I'll still be here as well, actually. I'm not going anywhere, Kempi. We're loving it this week. We're having I'll a lot of fun. One. I'll sell one. Two Goods back tomorrow. I'm the everywhere man. <laughs> He's a bit of that. If you missed the show... To this point, uh, we had Global Gallop, Shane Anderson. He's such a sharp racing mind on to dissect the Melbourne Cup for us out of 7 o'clock. Go to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. If you had a fill-up on Gold Trip, you want to know how you did it. Because you just, I tell you what, when you have a clean-up on the punt, all you want to do is talk about it. So go and have a listen to Shane Anderson because he did it for you on our podcast channel. We also caught up with Chris Steele and Geordie Gibbons. They're playing about 650 or 660 rounds of holes of golf over a week in Movember to support men's mental health and Movember. Um, it's pretty cool what they're doing and they're putting themselves out there for a cause that is close to their heart and look, we, we had an open and honest conversation and I just think it's important to make sure that if you do need help, 1737 need to talk, 1737 or the suicide crisis helpline is 0508 828-865 Make sure that you're keeping on top of things and just talk as Chris and Geordie both said just reach out, it's all good we can do this together and that's what Movember's all about so with that in mind Kempe, um we'll keep doing our press ups throughout the morning but let's change tack a little bit because we're in the middle of multiple World Cups and there's another one starting tomorrow Yeah that's right, the woman's side of the uh, Rugby League World Cup draw got underway this morning and our Kiwi fans, they're set to play the opener against France tomorrow morning. How good. It'd be an intense tournament. I'm picking with the final to be played in just over two weeks' time. All going well. The Kiwi woman will compete in five matches in just 17 days. That's a massive effort. A challenge I'm sure they'll be looking forward to given the lack of games they've had in the past few years. And our mate Ricky Henry, the Kiwi Ferns head, co- head coach, he's Kind enough to join us this morning from the UK. Morena, Ricky, how's things, brother? Hey, good things, guys. Yeah, appreciate the uh, you know the call and yeah, can have a chat about the, the World Cup. So yeah, awesome. Mate, we're all about promoting uh, all sports on here, especially our Wahine tour that are up there at the moment. How's the preparation been, Ricky? Like, what I'd like to really know is, have you picked up anything from watching? Uh, the men play in their tournament so far up into the quarterfinals that you can learn and, and take into your game uh, with the Kiwi Ferns? Yeah, we watched a few of the uh, men's games. Um, you know, there's, there's quite a lot of footy played at the moment. So, um, yeah, we're just sort of looking at what, you know, really the conditions of the ground um, and sort of how they're playing, playing either through the ground or on top of the ground. And there's, as the winter starts to kick in, it's going to get obviously heavier. So, um, the game's sort of starting to tighten up a wee bit, played around the middle of the third, so uh, that's sort of what we've observed, and uh, we've got sort of a forward pack that um, that would help us do that. So, yeah, that's, that's sort of what we've observed so far. Mate, you've had a, you've had a sort of a little bit of a setback too with a, with a bit of a fire going on at training. Tell us tell us what happened. Yeah, there was a bit of a fire. We were doing a post session. Uh, to be fair, we, we didn't see the fire itself, but just our premises and our facilities um, in the gym uh, caught, caught on fire and the alarms were going off and stuff. So we were out on the field, luckily enough, and uh, didn't have to, you know, didn't have to, um, you know, get anyone out of the building, uh, which is which is always awesome. So, 
Um, I guess from our point of view, we didn't really see too much, but we just we saw about you know four or five fire engines um, sort of heading out heading out to our, our premises there, and then we you know we, we had another choice but to jump on the bus and uh, head back to the hotel. Yeah, it's that's it's definitely not ideal for a distraction, but I'm sure you've been able to iron things out and um, focus back on the actual footy. Ricky, awesome to have you on the show, mate. What what can you garner from the atmosphere of being up there at the moment? Because I think it's quite unique, and oh, it's bloody awesome that they're running all of these World Cups parallel. You know, like it's not one and then the other or in separate years. So is it kind of a bit of a festival rugby league atmosphere up there? Yeah, we're we're actually based in York, and um, you know there's a few few of the women's teams here, so the French teams here for us. Um, the Kiwis is actually just around the corner from us as well. Um, the Jellaroos, the Cook Islands. So you know there's quite a quite a few teams based here in York, which is a lovely city, and we're really enjoying that. Um, but yeah, sort of playing playing the same place as everyone else. Uh, you know, sort of football's uh, top of mind, I guess, in this space. And then um, you know we've got teams sort of travelling in and out and there's just a whole lot of Kiwis here as well which is awesome so it sort of makes them sort of homely Nice Rick hey let's just have a look at your side mate you've got a couple of debutants in Shannis Parker Otessa Pule and, and Brianna Clark who make their debut and, and in and around some some old heads too um, that have been there for a while Crystal of course at Hooker and uh, that young loose forward of yours uh, Georgia Hale who goes alright what, what's your side shaping up like and who <laughs> Who are they? Who are they um, targeting? I guess is the team to beat in the tournament. Who do you think is the team to beat? Yeah, obviously the Australian team is going to be a tough team. You know, um, they got some pretty uh, well-known players and some class class here as well, a bit of experience. But you know, for us, um, you know, we've got to get through these these early stages of the tournament. So we've got France tomorrow, and then uh, we play the Cook Islands on Sunday. So you know, we're not looking too far ahead for us to be fair and. Uh, we're just making sure we're ticking every box from our end. Um, you know, preparing for for the French is normally pretty hard uh, to play against. Just you know, they they play football, they 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 offload, they like going down short sides, or they like kicking on first place. So <laughs> we've just got to be really on our game there, <laughs> and making sure that you know we um that we control the game, we control the the, the ball, and try and play to our strengths. But yeah, if you're asking for a favourite at the moment, um, Australia is obviously. Um, uh, the, the key, the key team to sort of go after, but you know it sort of takes a little bit of pressure away from us, I guess. Um, and we're really confident with the squad that we've got, and uh, we'll just be sort of getting through these early games and building combinations, and hopefully get some momentum going into those those back in rounds um, before the semi final and final. Oh, I love it. Sitting off the pace a wee bit, found a bit of cover and just ready to run them down. It's very, very exciting, mate. Um, if I'm right, though, yep. you've got five games in 17 days. That's like That seems crazy. Do you have the depth in squad, but also do you have the, the resource as far as physios and team doctors and just like, to make sure that the bodies are, are coping? Yeah, Israel has done an awesome job, actually. We've got some, you know, we've got it. We've got uh, two physios, two S and C, um, you know, managers, um, you know, uh, doctors, you know, coaches. So we've got a, you know, fully resourced there in that regard. Plus we've got um, other people that are keen to help. The English over here are awesome people, and they also want to jump in there and give us a hand with anything we need. So uh, from that regard, like we, we're really resourced up, and um, you know, that's, that's not going to be an excuse either. So. Uh, you know, sort of taking that out, taking that away. 
Um, in regards to the 17 days, you know, uh, and the five games, like our whole program is built around um, a lot of our recovery and uh, prehab protocols. So uh, that's sort of our priority at the moment is making sure we get through the games, we recover well, um, keeping our bodies, uh, you know, in good nick, but also the, the mental space as well, making sure that we, you know, we're, we're fizzing by the time the, the next game comes around. So there's, you know, there's a bit of time off between games, so we're really um, focused, you know, day after a game, it's pretty light. Then we have a session and then we have the captains run and then we play. And it's sort of a bit of a routine that we're in um, over the next sort of, uh, yeah, three weeks here. So, yeah, everyone's going to do it. Um, so we're not the only team that's sort of um, disadvantaged as such. But, you know, it'll be it'll be an interesting time coming back into the um, back into the tournament, sort of who's, who's sort of fit and um, sort of sounds like, you know, the, the team that has uh, the least injuries or disruptions is um, going to be the team to, to sort of be there. Yeah, that, and that's the key, isn't it, Ricky? You know, like who can recover the, the best over those 17 days to keep the fittest girls on the football field? I wish you all the best with that sort of stuff. Mate, you guys have been pretty innovative too by allowing a couple of mums to bring their young babies over. Um, we we'll always talk about how tough you know, men men moan about you know playing games and getting ready for football games, and then when you look at the the women's game, they've got kids to contend with as well. Just tell us a little bit about that journey and and how you've created that environment to make sure mums that have young babies are able to come across and and compete for a World Cup. Yeah, we um, you know Fano is a big thing that comes up every time we're um, in camp and we're always talking about family as one of our values and something, you know, our why, I guess. Um, and just sort of, for us, it was about um, how do we sort of, you know, how do we make that um, easier for, for new mothers? And, we, you know, we've got a couple of ladies in our in our team that just recently, and I say just recently, you know, the last sort of eight to 12 months. So it was about um, making sure that, you know, they were comfortable and they could play their best football. And the way to do that really was um, making sure that, you know, baby was sort of here and also, um, you know, the, the mothers sort of felt content um, and also understood, you know, that they were, the baby was around and was safe and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, from our perspective, you know, it was it was a bit of a no-brainer to be fair and it's probably where the game's going. Um, you know, the um, you know family is a big part, I guess, and I, and I think, you know, we've got to sort of allow... Things like you know bringing bringing children on, um, just so the mothers in the, in the good you know good headspace to play uh, play their best footy and you know the, the kids have been on been here and everyone sort of turned into a uh, mother as well. So uh, you know the baby's got 24 mothers and uh, you know, there's three men coaches here and we're sort of just turning into fathers. So um, <laughs> just really helping out, <laughs> really helping out there and just making it easy for um, you know for the for the ladies that are here and as I said you know. I just think it's um, where the game's going to go, and you know we're just yeah you know we're looking for a bit of an advantage in it. Like well said, done, mate. Um, innovation, yeah. I remember when um, Baz and Baz has told this story. Brendan McCullum, when he was captain of the Black Caps, or when like a wee while ago, he was they started bringing their families on tours, and because those cricketers were away from so long, and he just said the mood of the environment just changed, and it really did bring everyone together, and, and then, you know, you've got the families interacting, and just having that little bit of home really helped them, so I, I just commend that. I think that's awesome. Ricky, all the best, mate. We're all behind you back here. We can't wait to see the woman ripping tomorrow morning against the French, and uh, hopefully see some short side first play chip kicks by the French for a bit of excitement on our, <laughs> on our Thursday morning. All the best, mate. Go well. 
Awesome. Thank you, guys. Take care. Cheers, Ricky. Yeah, there's Ricky Henry, the coach of our women rugby league team up there in the UK. Oh, look, that that innovation about allowing the young mums to take their babies who are just 12 months old. And when I read about that, I just thought, yep, that is that is key. That is key to getting because what it does do, you know, and and they all get together. Ricky's dead right. You got 24 mums up there who just feel so comfortable and and appreciated that you get that little bit extra out of them. So, mate, that the, he's right. The Aussies are the team to beat. They got a very very good team, the Jillaroos. Um, but the Kiwis do have the have the talent in that team to to cause a major upset. So, uh, let's get behind them and sort sort our support our girls out. Um, another World Cup on the horizon. I what, hope. What do you reckon the um, the NRLW is doing for the international game? Because it can only just the more the more high level game time these women are getting can only just accelerate the growth of the international game, can't it? Well, the community game is is going nuts, right? In, in and around the women's game, and I think that's not just rug. I just don't think that's rugby league. I think it's rugby union as well. So the overall sport now they're making it accessible for the girls with these, and especially with these semi professional competitions, and the way that. You know, we've come out of COVID and our girls over here now have a career pathway into playing semi-professional sport. Um, mate, it's going to go from strength to strength. Well, like even stuff like the Bun- Bunnings Rugby Assist, I'm certain that's what it was called. Like they were running promos and trailers on Sky Sport of these clubs were getting funding from Bunnings and they were putting in women's changing rooms. Well, it, they see, were building a- facilities, they were tailoring facilities, so they were cleaning up the showers so they weren't just manky and they didn't have. They could go in there, they could have a shower after their game. So the sport is just as 2022 become, you know, we're in a, there's no excuse to not be um, equitable and have equality and um, facilities and that sort of thing for our It's a massive any. conversation, Louis, that one. You know, you've got to think about it. Like you, you play... Um, Aussie rules, you know, and I play rugby a, league as he right. plays r- rugby. We never really, in those days, we all had one woman's team. You know what I mean? But now you've got girls' grades all the way through. And, of course, it's just common sense and logic that they need somewhere to get changed. And why should they have to wait around while men are getting changed and go in and clean up the mess and, and then go in there? And there's still men games going on. So it's a real big conversation going on around the country at the moment for facilities and councils that they have to provide for women as well. And there's a huge way to catch up. Like the work is not even nearly done. It's just starting. But so if you think about that, then what about the growth in the game? Because all of that stuff contributes. You might keep more players in. You might keep more talent in the sport. Then you look at the other side of it where you've got your Kiwi Ferns tomorrow morning. You've got your Black Ferns this weekend. There are genuine role models and pathways. You can see the career. You can. You can touch it almost. You can. So it's just starting to come together a bit more as that equality catches up of equality of opportunity, really. And that's what we're talking about. Um, and then, yeah, same with the NRLW. That's where I was going. Like having that a premier competition to see and to be able to target can only just be making the depth in our women's sports ranks, especially in rugby league, better. So all the best to them. I'll be, we'll be here watching it and we'll keep you updated tomorrow morning as they kick off their World Cup against France, which is uh, on Spark Sport. Um, so, yeah, 19 minutes past eight here with Kim's Warehouse. Great savings every day. Good to catch up with Ricky Henry there, coach of the Kiwi Ferns. Uh, Richard Sticks, hey, guys, can you still get into the first round of people for the Quaddy Crush? If so, I'll top up now. Will I get in? Hey, Richard, I was pleasantly surprised how quickly people came for it, but I can tell you that there are still spaces, but I wouldn't want to leave it too much longer. If you put your $100 in your TAB account today, you go to SENZ Win and sign in your details there, you'll be in. And you want to be in because you can't win if you're not in. 
back after this 20 minutes past 8. Five minutes past 8am <laughs> this morning. By the way, we're into the last hour of our press-ups. How many have we done today? Joe, you could feel every single one on your massive pectorials. Come on, Joe. How many have we done? You can count. 70 so far. Good man. 10 every ad break for Movember. You can go there and donate. By the way, we're pretty suspicious that Drive didn't do theirs last night. So one day in, they've already failed. Um, But do you know what? It's kind of okay because Kirsty Stanway tipped the world into Gold Trip. And as I said, Kieran Ma, David Eustace... Mark Zara, Gold Trip, and Kirsty Stanway put their names up in lights. They've won the Melbourne does that, Cup. Does that mean we let her off? No, of course not. But she did do a good job tipping everyone into Gold Trip, as did Staffy. So a few people found it, Paulie Mwadi. Did that mean you guys won or lost? I think it was Kez that tipped them into Gold Trip. Oh, Kez. It was Keza. I'm surprised he wasn't tipping um, Ling Jong Jong Feng, yeah. his favourite ever racehorse. <laughs> no, nah, he, te- he texted me, Paulie, oh, Keza, um, he texted me yesterday and he said, I tipped everyone into Gold Trip. And I was like, mate, Wowee. you didn't send it to me. <laughs> what, about, <laughs> what about you, Paulie? How much did, how much did you make yesterday? No, nothing on the Melbourne Cup. <laughs> Thankfully, I almost broke even by picking up a, a win or two elsewhere. But the Melbourne Cup uh, eluded me once again. I just, I couldn't see. What was it fifty-seven and a half kilos? I thought, oh, mm. I, I don't know about that. But plenty of punters did did get on Gold Trip, and a lot of them got on later in the day. So it must have been after uh, Kez had tipped Gold Trip out. Uh, got out to I think twenty-one dollars. Uh, in the end, fixed with the bookies. Uh, I'm just having a look at a few of the larger bets on Gold Trip. I can see a thousand dollar each way bet on Gold Trip at 21s, another thousand on at 18s. There are a number of uh, significant bets on Gold Trip. So yeah, there's plenty of cash out there uh, in Punterland right now. Do you think that that means that they'll reinvest it on Oaks Day tomorrow and then Champion Stakes Day this weekend? Because like the rate, the Flemington Carnival, it sounds crazy to say. We're only halfway through. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're right. And I can't wait for tomorrow, Oaks Day. Always a big, big day at Flemington. Um, and well, there are a number of Kiwis going around over the next uh, few days as well. So there's still chances for Kiwis to pick up uh, a few uh, of the sort of the, uh, a bit of the prize money. Uh, James McDonald, uh, he'll be looking to bounce back after his Mount Loft got scratched. Uh, in the Melbourne Cup. Uh, so, yeah, there's plenty to get on. And there's plenty of sports as well, um, Louis. I'm just having a look now. Uh, Wales are 12.5-point underdogs against the All Blacks this weekend. And there are a number of punters who are saying that's not quite enough. They're taking Wales plus 12.5. Oh, climate 12.5 to spread. Kempy thoughts? Oh, of course. Hundred percent. Well, like, why would the All Blacks win by two converted tries? Like, what would ever give you that indication? Like, if you think about, if you try and just be really like in the moment about it, and you look at it this year, like Wales, we flogged them last time, but that's because it was out of the international window. They've got their best players, right, Paulie? So, what? Like, why would we ever have a two? Yeah. Are you going to shorten it right up now, Paulie? (laughs) Don't do not. It's still there, boys. You can jump on. Don't worry about that. And, of course, the Kiwis uh, this Sunday morning uh, take on the Fijians. And we all know what happened last time uh, the Kiwis played Fiji. I'm not suggesting 
not suggesting they're going to lose. Uh, um, what was it, 4-2 the last time they played? No tries. Oh, my God, uh, that w- Wellington. It's your cursed city. Are you talking about the home of the Ramfilly Shield oh, and the yeah. NPC champions? Oh, is that yeah, what you're saying, yeah, Louis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking rugby league here, Paul. I walked into that one. That is, don't, how dare you? How dare you? Hey, hey Paulie, is the Aussie shortened right up in the World Cup? Uh, we're at, well, uh, what are they? 42.5 point favourites against Lebanon. Um, and in the outright market, let's just have a little bow, Pete. They are currently a dollar fifty to win the Rugby League World Cup. Uh, the Kiwis are second favourites at $5. Crocky, the English are still $7.50. Value. Been, Value. They have been playing so well, and they're at home. Um, you know, and those field will be in goals. Uh, Crocky. They'll make it like, even shorter yeah. if they make the grand final. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Two steps and you're in, the, you're in the dead ball zone. I've got a good story about that one, but I'll save that one. Okay, it's good, Kimpy. We'll get that up. We'll pry it out of you before we're done. And 2,000 guineas this weekend, Paulie. Oh, I just love this time of year, mate. You um, get back to your sausage rolls that the TAB always has the day after Melbourne Cup Day and your uh, morning tea. Enjoy, enjoy it, mate. We'll talk again tomorrow. Thanks, Louis. I'm, I've just warmed up leftover pizza. <laughs> Beautiful. I actually, I, oh, I actually had a supermarket pizza in the oven last night after I got back from the viaduct. And I've burnt my ma- the top of my mouth something chronic. You know when you're just so hungry and you just bite into pizza and that cheese is so hot? <laughs> the root over my mouth is, oh, it's not in a good way. <sighs> anyway, you didn't need to know that. 29 away from 9. We've got plenty to get through, including some Black Caps highlights. Before we're done, we'll see if we can hear from David Harvey a little bit of his thoughts around this weekend's All Blacks game. After the news with Aroha for Kubota, together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Twenty-seven away from nine. Big show this morning. We've wrapped the Melbourne Cup with uh, Shane Anderson. He had some pretty startling comments around Gold Trip and what he made of the field. Go to the podcast channel SCNZ app. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, and you can um, hear that chat. You can also hear our discussion with Chris Steele and Jordy Gibbons, two great Kiwis doing some hella work for Movember. And I did mention we'll hear from David Harvey on what he wants to see from the All Blacks this weekend when they go to Principality Stadium, one of the cauldrons of world rugby to take on the Welsh. Yeah, sure, it always is. um, That's what we're going to do this weekend is keep getting better and um, you know we started today with a solid training um, under a wee bit of dew from the rain but we're, we're hoping to, to express ourselves this week and um, you know that's what we'll be working on. Consistency is key he went on to say but the midfield partnership Anton Leonard Brown is back in the picture now how much game time do they need? Yeah, I think there's uh, always a bond there you know we've played together for the last couple of years now so yeah, it's pretty familiar. You know, if I get the opportunity this weekend, it's about reconnecting with them during the week, um, like we've done here at a good training, and then uh, just going out there and readjusting a few things, and then having a good training Thursday and coming up And of course, Rico Iwani, the other member of that trio, they will be, Kempi, you'd say the focus three midfielders moving towards the World Cup? Oh, 100%. 100% there. I'm uh, glad um, Anton's back. He, uh, he probably... He Played quite well when he came on on the weekend. Um, they are the three best centres we have. So 
it's, it, it just feels like there's a bottleneck somewhere in the team. You know, it looks like you, like what I saw on the weekend was them the Japanese who were coached to express themselves, and it looks like we want to express ourselves, but we can't. Does if that makes sense? It feels like there's a bottleneck somewhere. Here's what we need, and it just struck me when you said that. And it's so obvious. We need more people like Samasoni Takiyaho picking themselves. Because remember we had the same conversation with the hookers about mm. four months ago, and he just picked himself. He just said, no, I'm the second best forward behind Adi Savir and Sam Whitelock. Like I'm, he just said, no, 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 you can't drop me. No, you've got to put, put me in the team. And, we, and maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's, that's the it. bottleneck is that no players are just sitting there going, well, I yeah. don't know if I'm actually coming in next week, therefore I can't fully express myself because I might be out next week. Mate, it just hit me, and that's exactly what, when you said that, you're right. It's a bottleneck like there was at the hooker position, and you know how you solved it? Clear the bottleneck. By having a huge game and saying, and because Rico's threatened to do it a couple of times, but then next week he goes back to being a little bit frustrating. Mm. And David Harvey's had a couple of chances. The guy we need to do it is Anton Leonard-Brown. He needs to come back and just go, oh, no, like, I am the starting second 5-8, or I am the starting centre now, and here's why. I'm going to put a man-of-the-match performance in. But he's coming back from injury, so it's just hard to expect that. You see, the, see, back in my day, if you got dropped, you actually had a crack crack with a coach. Like, you tell me why I'm being dropped, you know, and especially if you knew you were being dropped for, you know, because there are coaches that just piss around with the, with, the, with the changes. But if you think you're number one and you're actually going all right, and you actually, I call it getting dropped, you're not playing in the next test match, you look at you look. You actually go to the coach and say, "Mate, what's going on?" You know what I mean. And I think part of me thinks that that sh- is the bottleneck. Is that there's some call it fear for a better word of not being in the All Blacks or just sitting there and being part of the All Blacks. Well, it's really interesting because I've always wondered, like, why do we expect um, selectors to hold players accountable when players should be holding selectors accountable? I just personally, that's what I think the bottleneck is. I think if you played your best fifteen week in week out, they knew that they would express themselves. But they don't know if they're in the team next week. The onus should always, for me, the onus always goes back on the player to demand selection because they are like Samasoni Tokyo. Same thing. It just goes back to that's exactly what we're talking about. Do you think? Do you think um, Fitzpatrick, the hooker, the captain of the All Blacks, yeah, he would have copped this? No, nah. so I mean, it. like, you know, the chronic, you, you would know this, though, because you were coaching right on the, like, change of the century where sports science and all of this all of this other data and information washed over sport. Oh, look, and look, I, I, hear, I hear that conversation all the time. Yeah, you know, Louis, at the end of the day, <laughs> you, all the science in the world, look, all the science in the world could, won't tell me that you're a better player. You know what I mean? And you, it won't tell me that you've got to rest Adi Sarve there because he needs a rest. So Yeah, and that's exactly right. Because so he picks himself. If he picks himself and he's the best player for over 80 minutes of football, I don't care what the scientists are telling me. We just solved it, Kimpi. Yeah. We're on fire. There's that argument, eh? There's that conversation. I think it was you know, David Waite who coached me at Newcastle and he he's a school teacher and... He was talking to some other school teacher about, you know, this is what we've got to do, and it's this player and the statistics and this, and they turned around to Fatty Vaughton and said, who would you, who would be the better the better um, player to pick? And Fatty Vaughton said, the best players are the players you pick to be in your team. 
full stop. He didn't mention like he needed stats or anything like that. And I got to totally agree. I think if you've got the best players in your team, why wouldn't you play them in every test match? That's why it's called a test match. Well, the only reason I can think of is because they're not picking themselves and they're not standing up and clearing the bottleneck. Double eight, double three, here's one for you. Who's the next player to clear their bottleneck at their position? Samasoni's done it. We know that. Artie and how Sarvier good is he? Oh, he's, mate, he is the best thing about this All Black season, probably. I agree. I agree. He's just been a revelation. So who's the next player to clear their bottleneck at their position? Double eight, double three. Who is it? Who stands up next and says, you can't drop me. you just got to play me. Uh, loveracing.nz is your home for everything thoroughbred. Racing. Today, there's a tidy little eight meet race out of, eight race meet, I should say, out of Avondale. So if you've got some um, leftovers from your big day yesterday at Melbourne Cup Day, make sure if you're in the Quaddy Crush, you keep your $100 in your TAB account. And I would just mention that tomorrow it's Oaks Day, so there's Group 1 racing at Flemington. We'll preview that tomorrow on tomorrow's show. So make sure you leave a little bit for that because the carnival is just really heating up. We're only halfway through. It is 21 minutes away from 9 o'clock. Can't wait to hear you on double eight double three or the Kennard's High phone line 0800 150 811 on your All Blacks. Next player to clear the bottleneck at their position. I'm really interested to see what you come back with here. On the other side, we'll take in some Black Caps highlights as well. On SCNZ, it was Daniel McCarty and Grant Elliott calling their loss to England. Kempi and me have just been chatting about who's the player that'll cut the bottleneck off and just put their hand up for All Black selection, dominate it. Um, we've asked you, and you've come through with some great ones, like Sam Whitelock says Dan, and I think he's almost exempt for the conversation. There's a couple of guys that are exempt. I'd put Sam Whitelock and Artie Savia in that bracket. Um, morning, lads. I think Scott Barrett was nearly there before this mm. end of year two, and he's the next one. I, I kind of agree because he's so robust he just needs to sort that tackle technique out, which he has done. He's gone to do clinics and that sort of thing. Um, he calls the line out. He's a very smart operator, Callum. Now, this is the one we missed. Geordie Barrett put his mitts up big time at Eden Park with his performance in the All Blacks number 12 jersey, so good on him. Why do I feel like he's going to go back to fullback, though, Kimby? Well, again, I'll just say, like, Geordie Barrett, he, he played so well at 12. Like, I mean... He changed been, the game. He did, he did. And, you know, you've got... Will Jordan on the wing, who's a fantastic fullback. Now, it's not about just picking the best players in the team, it's putting them in the positions where they play well. That that releases the bottleneck. The only qualm is Will Jordan, I'm pretty sure, he might have gone now, but he's in New Zealand with this ear, inside ear issue. Um, so I can see Geordie Barrett going back to fullback, which can just confuse things. But Dino said the same thing. Did Geordie not do that? He goes, hello? Did, did, did Geordie not do that? We kind of did, Dean, and that's what we're talking about. Hey, lads, I think the next one we're back from injury to keep an eye on will be Ethan Blackadder. I reckon we're missing his work rate and impact a lot. And the double act with Barrett on the bench to play lock or six, that balances missed. Cheers, Chris. Chris, you're an astute operator. Very good point. Double eight, double three, if you want to add to that conversation. Last night, the Black Caps took on England at the Cricket World Cup. And let's call it a blip. There was some fielding issues. There were some untimely wickets. Just some overall weirdness. Glenn Phillips stood up, though, man. He is second, I think, on the uh, total. He's a unit, too. Oh, he's, mate, press-ups? He's hench. Um, (laughs) He can do press-ups. He's had another absolute blinder, another half-century. And this was how it all transpired. Let's take in the English first innings highlights first. Daniel McCarty and Grant Elliott, too good to not hear again. He's going to be stumped this time as he came down the wicket and Santner's gone so wide of off stump. 
He spun it past the toe of the bat, and Devon Conway was quick, as you would like, to take the bales off, and New Zealand have the breakthrough, 81 for one. Ali now hits one high over mid-wicket. Has he got enough on it? I don't think he has, as Trent Bolt will take it. Butler back on strike as Trent Bolt moves past the umpire. Short ball outside of off stump and off the back bodies. Hit him over long off for six runs, maybe 10, 12. 14 rows back, I'm not sure. It's a mighty hit. Here's Ferguson charging it again. Is it going to be repeat dose? No, he's missed. And Ferguson hit. He went for the scoop again. But it's Ferguson who helps himself to his first wicket. Now he goes straight down the ground. He's got underneath it, I think. Man lining it up, taking the catch indeed. Allen takes the catch. Regulation at long off, and Tim Southey responded. Butler was indicating, oh, I'm not too sure. Oh, Tim and on the replay. Tim Southey has taken it. One hand as he's falling back behind the stumps and just whipped off the bales and Butler's diving full length and this bat is raised off the ground and he is run out. Ferguson, another thunderbolt. And it's uh, carved out through uh, Ford Square Leg. They've got one. They'll come back for two. There's a misfield in the deep. They'll get a third. The throw comes to Conway's end. He fires to the non-strikers and misses. Ferguson, Ferguson keeps it in front of him. And Darwin Milan finishes with a strike rate of 300. Should have batted earlier. (laughs) Not out three. Curran six not out. And after 20 overs, England finished 179 for six. One short of that winning number. One short of a winning total. A couple of uh, missed chances. Joss Butler getting away with... Um, oh, Kane Williamson's dropped one catch, diving backwards. Daryl Mitchell's dropped one on the deep. Can't be doing that if you want to win the World Cup. Fielding is so influential in T20 cricket. But the Black Caps gave it a good nudge. And for a minute, it looked like they might mow them down. Moeen Ali goes around the wicket to him and he's beaten through the air again. The bales are off and they'll go upstairs for a stumping chance. Slick work from Butler, but that did spin. And his back leg... Was on the move, Conway. Back foot is up. It's back over the line. Has he got it down in time? I'm not sure, Grant. Oh, it's so close. I think he does. He's got it down. Stump Cam tells us. Yeah, I think he's good. I think he's got his foot down, but what a moment. I was about to say, he's got an extraordinary. Moves in again. He bowls short. Pulled uppishly. No control. Catch will be taken. Allen departs. Caught by Stokes. Allen goes for 16. Is Wood. It over long on. What a shot that is from Glenn Phillips. Hit high into the crowd, and it's beautifully taken by that man in blue. Williamson backs away, chops one to short though, man, and it's taken. Good catch, slow down, Adil Rashid. I can't be giving grief to the English fielding, but that's a smart catch, and the New Zealand captain goes. Nisham waits. It's a short one. He pulls high. I'm not sure he's got enough of this. Ford Square Lee coming in, it's Curran, he takes it and celebrates, pumps his fist, runs to a teammate for an embrace, and the dangerous James Neesham departs. He moves in, number 19 on his back, he bowls to Mitchell, or hits him down the ground, is it long enough? Don't think so, because Jordan is there to take the catch, two hands just inside the rope, Mitchell goes... Last ball of the innings is Curran. That's very well bowled too. It's hit down towards long on. Curran's running down the middle of the pitch with his hands raised above his head. 
and he's screamed at by his captain to get back to the non-strikers end because the ball had not been thrown in. But job well done by England. They were a team under serious pressure tonight, but they fronted when they needed to. And their hopes and dreams of this T20 World Cup remain alive thanks to a 20-run victory over New Zealand at the Gabba. Yeah, lovely work, Daniel and Grant. Um, Friday, Ireland. Do or die. Black Caps have to get up to progress. I think they will. I'm not too worried about last night. They just need to tighten the screws on a couple of things. Zimbabwe, Netherlands tonight, then India, Bangladesh. That'll be a huge clash. Right, Kempi, a couple of messages to close us out this morning. Geordie Barrett played well against Aussie at 12, no doubt, but it was against a defensive system that we were accustomed to. Playing the Northern Hemisphere's rush D, which is all our other midfielders have struggled against. That's why you need them. Bend the line? 100%. Big body. Big body, gets, gets through that line. And, uh, and doesn't mind confrontation. That's why you need him at 12. You've been saying it for a long time, Kempi. Vaughan says, not so sure about Whitelock. Brings leadership, but up against the Northern teams, he looks a bit slow and uninspiring. Whoa. Age is going to be a problem at the World Cup, 100%. It's another year, but gee, he's just bra- he's bra- like he's going to be the most test- capped test player ever, Vaughan. I, I don't want to doubt Sam Whitelock. Um, take your message, though. Dan says, we're going to miss Colsey as the water boy <laughs> chipping away when he gets on. That's true. Yeah, the pest. Uh, Scott. Great message from you. Good work on the push-ups, boys, and also raising awareness for men's mental health by chatting to people about it. I'm fundraising for my member again this year, this time doing a 1,000 pull-ups and one day later this month. Whoa. Challenge to everyone is to donate if you can, fundraising for this cause. Scott, let's get you on the show before you do it and talk about it. And Mark says, hey, Louis, how soon after you submit for the Quaddy Crush does the money come out of your TAB account? Mark, today is the word. If we can get your um, details across to them in time, today is the word that the money will come out of your account. Please just be patient with this one. We're trying something a little bit different. So keep that $100 in your TAB account, and uh, it'll pay off in the long run, I hope. Can't wait to launch into some quaddies over summer. Six away from nine, we'll wrap up the show just after this. Not far from 9am, it's been a really fun show today. Go to SCNZ app and catch all of our highlights. Uh, the Izzy and Kempe for Breakfast podcast channel is there for you. Stephen McIver's in for Smithy again. How you going, man? Oh, I am good, actually. I actually watched the cricket. La- yes, I actually watched all the cricket last night and made notes. And made notes, and I was quite surprised how quickly the Kiwis got back into the game. You know, about, about the fifteenth over. We won't talk about the comparisons because that'll make it sound like Asia was know what I'm talking about. Uh, a lot of league today. Jesse Bromwich first up, Kiwi skipper against their first again, and and Kiwi Ferns captain Crystal Ruta after uh, eleven as well. So nice. focusing on the Rugby League World Cup, baby, because there are other World Cups around. Kimpy, that'll make Kimpy happy. <laughs> we are giving the rugby league a fair lick at the moment. Needs um, it, needs it. 100%. It's, this is the, a unique time for our international leagues. So we've got to pump it up. Kimpy, we'll be back tomorrow and you'll have your partner in crime back. Oh, can't wait. Selwyn, come back, son. Selwyn, too good. <laughs> He's coming back for you. Is he tomorrow? And is he Kimpy for breakfast? What a treat that'll be. Here's Stephen McIver up after the news. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.